We're rolling. It's a podcast. Look at that. Oh, it's a Cleveland Moto podcast. Ah, oh, look at that. Nice. Twice. Yeah, that's good. Uh, apparently, I'm drinking Lining Kugel's Berry Shandy. Mmm. That's mm, tasty. Delicious. Two pinkies up on this one. Yes, sir. <laughs> this is it. This is when you, uh, when you, when you find Barbie in her little plastic Corvette, this mm-hmm. is what she's drinking. Nice. Yeah. That's what's down between the seats. It is. Yeah, that's what she's reaching down. Barbie's reaching down. She's real slowly, like checking out, making sure, making sure Ken's not behind her in the five zero. Reach down between yeah. my seat. Put the seat back. Ease the seat back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's Line a good cars night. Go down real slow. <laughs> <laughs> oh Barbie. man. Uh, okay, so um, you want to go karaoke in later? To on. my oh, left. No. Yeah. To my left is and your name and this. what you're riding in the DGR. This left or that left? To my left. <laughs> stage, stage left. <laughs> Johnny Chrome, and I will be writing on Want to Be Vespa. Oh, really? I'm going to write my Stella. You're going to write your Stella. Yeah. <laughs> I, wait, now hold on. Did I fall down and hit my head, or do you have knobbies on your Stella? I do. I just put knobbies on today. <laughs> and uh, to Pete's, much to Pete's chagrin, at the same time as putting knobbies on, I dug through your old rim uh, box back there, yeah, yeah. and I found some... Used a little bit of rust on them. Yeah. Chrome. Chrome rims. Rims. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, chrome knobs. Nice. Chrome knobs. you got to have some chrome knobs. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes a little chrome knob. Oh, my God. Are those, the, are those the old knobby trailer tires? Those were up on the, yeah. up on the upstairs. Up on the upper, upper rack. Up on the upper they're deck. They're Chen They're Chen Shing trailer tires. Yeah. <laughs> I, looked, <laughs> I looked them up and the cost yeah. was like 11 bucks. I'm like, that's my tire. Oh, my God. Wow. They have a Rockwell hardness <laughs> of like five cents. Yeah. 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 The good news is they'll never wear out. Actually, um, they are still very supple. The bad news is you cannot corner. Just letting you know. Stop. So I have them on my band camp bike. Don't corner. Oh yeah, they are the same. So are they exactly that, the same? That size? are the same ones. Aren't those like three tens instead of three four tens? They'll yeah. give you eleven dollars worth and not eleven oh one. Well, here's what I'm going to assure you: as <laughs> That's a guy fine. who be all right. I've ridden those tires, because those tires aren't just the same make; they're the same batch, same age. <laughs> I bought them all at the they're same time. They're dated like oh eight, <laughs> maybe. But they're very supple. I mean, I, I, I was surprised they're yeah. dated at all. The uh, I bought those at Dixie Motorcycle Supply Company oh, back when you could them. call things Dixie, and uh, yeah, I bought those a long, long time ago. So you're gonna ride the Stella? Was, was it enormous? It was. It was. It was huge. John, you may huge. add some extra friction coefficient to loss on it. Just, well, say, I'm just saying. You know, they look like knobbies, but I rode down the street and looked at the print, and it, it looked yeah, like a slick. Just I'm just gonna tell you, as a friend, don't lean it. Because when I put the knob, I put those exact same tires on my GS, and when I put them on my GS, once I left the, the safe confines of van camp and got on asphalt to go to the store, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, it's you know, four miles or something. Pizza rolls, pizza rolls. Got to yep. get, got to get your pepperoni rolls. And it, I had, I had four miles of lightly twisty roads, like bumpy hilly roads. I made it to turn one, and then the back end tried to get in front of the front end. Cool. And I was like. <laughs> I guess the air compressor's still on. We should probably fix that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just flip a little lever on it. Yeah, that's what our air compressor sounds so like. So I'm gonna. <laughs> what you're saying is I'm gonna get to do some drifting. Oh, you might be yeah. doing a little bit of drifting. Stella yeah. drifting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stella I drifting. I can drift anything. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, all right. I'm not. I'm not particular. Half the, <laughs> reason, half the reason I grab those is I'm like, hmm. Yeah. I'll run that around the backyard a little bit. It's gonna be know? great for everything. And the neighbor's yeah. yard. I've yeah. I've already planned it out. She's a drunk. She's 
Call the cops on every neighbor there is. I'm gonna get a big old bear suit. <gasps> oh with, my god! With like a with like a Russian hat. Oh yes. Oh, and oh, just yes. go turf the hell out of the backyard. Oh god, yes. And I, you're gonna get shot. And when she well, calls in, nine one one. There's a Russian. I bear just shot a bear in a motor back. scooter in my backyard, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, it's the drunk lady down on such such street." Oh, you gonna be like, "Is the circus in town?" Yeah. I do know a couple the of. The, I, I know a dispatcher. Oh, I can probably get a copy of the. Oh. I'm hoping I can get a copy oh, of, yeah. the, of the call. What I would recommend is call them ahead of time. So the night before you do it, oh, call yeah. the call the dispatch on the non-emergency line. So yeah. call dispatch on the non-emergency line and say, "Look, I can even I can text her and say, hey." I'm such such is probably going to call oh, you no, guys. No, it's better to make it. It's better to make it official. <laughs> call in on the non-emergency line and say, "My neighbor, I don't, you know, I don't need a cop car to come by. I don't need a car to come by. But just in case something happens, I want you to have record of it. My neighbor just showed up in front of my house, yelling, screaming at the top of her lungs, something about a Russian bear on a bicycle or scooter in the backyard. I have no idea what she's been drinking, but she does drink." And then hang up. And don't do anything else. And then the next night, you put on your bear suit, you show up on a scooter in her backyard, and then you know she'll call the police in nine seconds. Then they're going to look back to the night before and be like, oh, Oh. shit. She's drinking again. She's drinking again. She got real. Yeah. (laughs) And put it away in like nine minutes. So you know that you put it away before the cops get it. Oh, just a couple loops. A couple laps and then put it away. Yeah. And then when the cops show up and you see the lights, you don't say shit. The cops, if they do have, if they knock on your door, that's great. But I like to meet the cops outside. I meet the cops out. Give them a little flashlight out. Give them a little flash. Mm-hmm. Hold your iPhone up. That's a universal sign of I surrender. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is, eh? You, you hold your iPhone up. Nobody's ever shot somebody with an iPhone. And uh, you hold your iPhone up, and all the cops are like, yeah, just, <laughs> Officer, I'm over here. I'm over here. And they, My luck would be... <laughs> yeah. well, you're on your own, son. <laughs> that's it. And, and go up and be like, yeah, she was in my backyard yelling last night about some Russian bear on a motorcycle yeah. or a moped or something. I think she's watching cartoons. And then do that for like again. Do that and do that for like the next year. Oh yeah, there's a moose and a squirrel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's the next costume. And Johnny Chrome's left. Steve Hofford. Man. And I don't know what I'm gonna ride because my kid. Yeah. Only did, in the wait a second. Hold on. Wait, wait. What did they total out now? I was going to say, did they total your your wrong? They drive over your motorcycle. Well, I can actually. I might be able. To, I, that's an idea. I can ride that. Of course, you can ride your roll. But I was going to ride oh, my yeah. seventy-one CB one seventy-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bruce which is riding his. I put in my kid's name because yeah. he wanted to take. I don't know. He wanted me to put it in his name, and I had too many transfers in one year. So I, <laughs> wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. You have to become did, a dealer. Did you or did he? Did you? He or the bike have too many transfers, transfers in one year? Did. I did, but I I was I figured on flip. I was going to flip it. Yeah. So when I bought it, I just put it in his name. Yeah. So that it would be one less bike that I would it would be. Yeah. Don't get your dealer's license. That's a trap. I did that shit twenty years ago. Yeah. It's a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. So anyway, he didn't didn't uh, do the didn't get taxed for the place. Who cares? Or run the Ural. Just ride the Ural. Or ride my passport. Or ride your passport. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Our ride is is long, but it's twisty. There's no Mm -hmm. speed. There's like it is not a fast ride. I can do forty five. Yeah. So the Uh speed all comes when we're done at the sipping post. Twisty, you say? And you got to (laughs) get. It is twisty. John and I ran it up. That's what he just said. Yeah. told me, don't lean the Don't corn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. 
You didn't see me mounting a knobbies on my bike. Okay, John, I'm going to put a tank. So you need to change them tomorrow or what? I mean, just go gentle. I'm putting a tank of Dr. Pepper syrup on the back of Oh, yeah, the guy in front of you has to drop that shit. So when you come behind me, you can just ride through the Dr. Pepper I just, I was fucking around the garage. Yeah. Fucking about as you will. Digging an old cabinet over there over in the corner, and I, I came across an old Enco brand universal wiper uh, squirter kit. Yes. I mean, it's got oh, the nozzles. Yeah. And yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to use them back in the day in the old street race car. Right. I'd throw a few of those nozzles yeah. under the, under the wheel the well. Rad. Oh. No. Oh. No. Self-bleaching. Yeah. Bleach. Bleach boxes wherever you want bleach. it to be. Yeah, because well, bleach and a way little, to go, a little, asshole. A little bit of a little bit of VHT <laughs> mixed together could to really get the heat up. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so I got this. I'm like, hey, that, I could I could put right in the wheel wells of the scooter. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the idea that you lived at a point in your life, at a point in your life where you had a street rod. Let's just call it what it is. It's a quarter mile drag racing car. Yeah, but it happened to have license plates. Just a seventy eight cutlass. What a just a seventy eight cutlass. What a what a football in the one coil spring and a <laughs> fucking manhole cover in the trunk. And, <laughs> and you had literally your 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 plan was to have a windshield wiper squirter to distribute bleach wherever the fuck you wanted it. Oh, no, I had them pointed at the tire. Yeah, oh, no, I get it. <laughs> I had two in each wheel. Yeah. Because. I think he means in ge- ge- uh, geographical locations. I mean geographically. Oh, so this, you this, could geographically do a bleach burnout. This city had a. This, anywhere. This city had a real. I mean, there was two places you could go back in the day. Yeah. I mean, down, down the flats. Or, flats were uh, for sure. By yeah. the Terex plant. By, exactly. Terex yeah, plant, yeah. flats by the airport was another Clinton Avenue. Much. Did you have a Cessna yeah. airplane yeah. engine? Quincy. In there? Quincy. <laughs> no, <laughs> I had a 455 yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. We had but Tyler Boulevard, was, which was a 50-mile-an-hour yeah. speed limit, and it did nothing but straight. Yeah. So it paralleled U.S. Route or Ohio Route 2. Scranton is what you're So Tyler Boulevard was insane because it was exactly Quigley. as straight Quigley. as the freeway was hmm. for about... A mile and a half. <laughs> a mile and a half is more than you need yeah. for a run up, you run, and a run down. And you can see in both directions when the police are coming. Mm-hmm. And it was put a spotter at each end. And it was kind of hard for the cops to run radar on Tyler because the cars up on the freeway are going 75 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of 75 mile an hour going, traffic going past that X band or that K band. We're passing now. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I got I, my first. My first real solid hit was in 1986 when I got pulled over for like 111, 112 miles an hour by oh. Tyler. And I was the guy who stopped. So, like, when the cop car pulled right. out, I didn't know what I know like, now. Oh, shit, yeah. Is I slowed down. Mm-hmm. So I slowed down and I stopped, and the other fella just ran. Mm-hmm. And he was in a Camaro. And I was in a Cutlass. Fucking Camaro. So I slowed down. <laughs> yeah. So I slowed down. The cop pulled over. The cop goes, Tag you slow down. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, well, uh, I figured that's what I should do with a police respect officer behind me. Yeah, because I respect the law. And you I respect your, your authority. And the cop was like, that's exactly the right answer. So let's play the game. Do you have insurance? I had insurance. Do you have a driver's license? Of course I have a driver's license. Where do you live? In the same county. Okay, that's all looking three pretty for good. Three. Yeah. That's looking great. Do you have a job? Yep. I'm a high school student. You're a high school student, and you have a job? Oh, yeah. And he was like, so you're not going to be racing here anymore, are you? 
And I went, no, no sir. Because <laughs> he goes, no, drag no, racing is no, 12 no, points. No, 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 Because drag racing is just throw your license away. And it was great. Because they will, and I did find out later on when I worked for that police department that they will cite you for drag racing for reckless op and for drag racing. Did you ever get busted in Wade Hill? Did you ever get busted by the cops? No, no, I never. Wade Hill is notorious for being. Stripped. You know what they yeah. said? To, the only no. time I ever got busted there was? Yeah. The guy said, the people of the city want us to carry machine guns and kill people like you. Yeah. yeah. What? That's, it. That's what the cop oh, said to yeah. a carload of How long ago was that? Oh, it's last week. Well, 30. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's ahead of his time. 30 yeah. years ago. And, now they, and now they can't stop 300 dirt bikes. What the exactly. hell? Right. Yeah, machine no. guns. Machine guns. Okay, and to his left is Nick DeVito. I am going to be riding my Vespa tomorrow, or the day after tomorrow. In the that's fantastic, easier. man. I'm very happy to hear about that. In fact, I'm considering joining you in the Vespa yeah. consortium. I'm I'm happy to hear more scooters coming. Out. My uh, my yeah, dad's coming too. He's going to meet me at my house. He's he's riding his uh, GTV 250. Oh uh, shit! So really? Yep. Oh, that's fantastic, mm-hmm. man. That's great. And so you guys are going to be at our our launch point. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. That's 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 great. We're hoping to we're hoping to roll out at noon. Okay. So we're rolling out at noon, meeting up at you know, don't show up before ten thirty. If you show up before ten thirty, the staff there will not be able to give you any refreshments. Ten it is. <laughs> and to his left, Johnny Mac. <clears throat> Fucking great. And what are you riding? Well, I'm not exactly sure. It all depends on what's going on. My daughter it's I don't know if she's going to want to go with me really, really bad. Mm-hmm. That will certainly influence what I ride. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now that I hear everybody else is riding their scooter, maybe I'll ride my 78 PX125. If it, if it mm-hmm. means anything, Luke really wanted to go when I mm-hmm. told him. Oh, side note. Yeah. yeah, I would probably prefer that she doesn't go on this. Yeah. Uh, I probably will have to break her heart. So, <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see. I may have to break her heart. But either that or my uh, super hawk. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is coming along too. He's running his 175, so you guys can be the 175 club. Oh yeah, 175 twins activate. There you go. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shape of. That's fantastic. Oh, that's good, man. That's Fox cool. I, 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 I like the idea of riding the scooter because I really only ride the scooter once or twice a year anyway. So right. It would be nice to run another tank of gas, a full tank of gas through, through the, the scooter. scooter. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And this is the and perfect that bike's ride. funded ride. I love, I it's love a riding. perfect bike for this. This ride is the perfect scooter ride. I mean, yeah, this is yeah, 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 this is fifty one, thirty one miles, <laughs> according to the DGR. <laughs> it's thirty one miles of really interesting fun rides, fun roads. You know, so it's it's good. It's not just straight fucking out in the cornfields and shit. It's not. It's you're going to use all the transmission. You guys aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar might be doing a little off-road, and who knows? <laughs> I'm running my uh, Vespa Allstate 58. 1958. I love. I just love the sound of a 1958 Vespa Allstate. That is so fucking early. That NADA doesn't even know what the price it is because it doesn't go as fucking back as 1958. It's. I just checked it today. It goes as, uh, as back as 1968. I'll make sure so mine's ten years older than when Nate actually is able to let you know what the price. We is might want to have a special prize or a special prize at Porco. Special prize for, for, for the oldest bike. For the oldest bike. 
All this bike that completes the ride. Completes the ride. Yeah. All this bike that completes the ride. So maybe back at Porco, I might dig deep into my treasure chest. How about you get beat? Older? He might get beat. Ooh, that's that one guy likes to show up on the Indian. Online one oh, yeah, but maybe he's got to bring his knuckle, from, too. Yeah, yeah. Ian likes to bring his knuckle, which is 53 or 37. Oh, no, really? Yeah. Okay. Either well, in any case, we'll see. If there's nobody older than you, then there'll be a prize. This should win. I think that I'll dig the ride or the bike. I'll dig into my prize pack. That should be another prize. Who's the older oldest rider? Who's the rider? The oldest rider bike combination? No, that never works out well. <laughs> but the uh, the oldest bike rider girlfriend combination? That never works out well. The old yeah. girlfriend. Wait, between. the biggest difference between... <laughs> oh, the biggest difference. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, the biggest difference between rider and bike or that. rider and girlfriend? Yeah, exactly. Well, my bike Two is... Two weeks uh, ago. Well, uh, my bike's a 68, but my girlfriend's a 79, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, uh, yeah. nice. and you notice I, I was nice enough to bring those numbers yeah, yeah, yeah. into yeah, yeah. the respectable term. But that's pretty I mean, I like <laughs> that. I love the I keep, I keep forgetting that your Allstate's, I mean, your Allstate predates Vespa bringing bikes into this country. So Vespa well, didn't barely, bring, yeah. Vespa didn't bring bikes into America yeah. until like 62. Yep. So your Allstate is four years, it's a Vespa that's badged as a Sears right. Allstate. Yep. That existed in this country four years earlier Before than Vespa Piaggio brought in Vespas into this yeah. country, and those bikes that are pre sixty two, those are special. I mean, because that's like those would all have to be all states because that's all. Yeah, it was every coming. fucking bike was ordered out of a Sears catalog. Sears and Sears and Roba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's really something. You know, what dealership sold your motorcycle? Sears. Sears. <laughs> ordered out a catalog. Right. If yeah. you had a if you had a Lambretta, it could be a Montgomery Wards Riverside. Yeah. That, I the oldest one I worked on was oh, really? Riverside. I didn't yeah. know that. I just sold one. My yeah. brother was house was sold out of the Sears catalog. Out of the Sears catalog. <laughs> Did you know the Sears catalog was made a little bit smaller than the Montgomery Ward catalog so that anybody cleaning a house would instinctively set it on top? <gasps> because of the rules that's, of that's the fucking genius, dude. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. that's... Holy shit. I thought it was, I thought it was because of the... the that was, that was the one was idea for, of the guy in the market. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was the perfect was size for perfect wiping. Perfect size for wiping? Yeah. That's why the J.C. Whitney catalog was always printed on that soft paper. Yeah. <laughs> and with one color I know the Montgomery work sucked because it was too slick. It was very slick. Well, that's slick. you got to rip a page out, crumple <laughs> it up, and crumple <laughs> it up, and then use Monkey Ward catalog ain't any good for nothing. The whole time you're sitting, you're crumpling. You're pre-warming too up thick your paper. Too thick to roll dude with. Too Can't do nothing slick with that. Slick to wipe your ass with. And to his left is? Chris Smith. And Chris, what would we be riding on the disgruntled gentleman's ride? I'm thinking of riding my uh, 96 girlfriend. <laughs> Nice. Oh. <laughs> anything up to 2000 22 anything up to 2000 you're okay oh, yes, you're oh, okay. 22 yeah no i'm thinking of uh taking out the suzuki yeah i think that's a real good idea especially with your personal history with the bike that's right yeah that's right it's a real so. good idea and uh to his left pete Fling. And you're going to be riding? I'm going to be staying home somewhere. Oh. <laughs> yeah, party pooper right now. So no, wait, no. Is it because you don't own any vintage bikes, or is it... I know for a fact he owns a 1965 a CB160. That's right. Because you sold it to him. Mm-hmm. Same vintage as myself, 1965. Mm-hmm. Um, 
currently somewhat dismantled, but um, yourself, or the yourself, bike? yeah, yeah. <laughs> the bike too, all of the above. <laughs> I only brought the kidney I needed. <laughs> the, the only one that's out of the shop, and I'm waiting for the replacement liver. <laughs> one slice at a time. Yeah. So okay, so you're you're may or may you're a, you're a maybe not go. You're disgruntled, yeah. but right. you're not going to be a yeah. gentleman. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be a gentleman. Right. I'm definitely disgruntled. One thing you've never been called. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the uh, I've decided that I'm pro- I'm either going to take the 1962 Vespa GL mm-hmm. because it's a 1962 Vespa GL. That's cool. Uh, or the other thing is, there's a white P200 over there that I haven't ridden yet. So, you know, shakedown run. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever uh, taken out the uh, the Lamy in the corner? Oh, uh, no, the I just handlebars? sold it. I just sold it. Yeah. Yeah, that's news. Yeah, that's news. I did sell the 1956 Lambretta LD Mark II. Hmm. Gorgeous yep. bike. There's an ass for every seat. Yes. Yes. You've and been selling a lot of I old stuff. That's I have right. been pushing real hard. That's you guys right. know I've been active. I've been real active selling off my vintage bikes. And so I did sell the CB3, uh, the CB400F, the Super Sport right there. So I sold that, and along with it, I sold the 1971 Honda CB750K um, with the red turn signals. And uh, that's... Uh, I always feel like... Uh, I always feel like the actors on the British uh, sitcom, Allo Allo. Because it's the Madonna with the big boobies. <laughs> and this is the CB750 with the red turn signals. Because you can't say CB750 without, without saying the, with the red turn signals. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then all the CB750 people know exactly what you're is, talking yeah. about. And that's the Madonna with the big boobies. So did yeah. it go to a person that It's going know? to a person in uh, New York in uh, uh, about 100 miles east of, east of Rochester. It, it might as well just call it Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Syracuse. They're buying, uh, that person is buying, so the person who's buying the Lombretta mm-hmm. is buying the brand new Vespa 300cc, what's called the Note. And the Note means night. Mm-hmm. And that bike is where light goes to die. <laughs> if you shine a flashlight at that bike, the batteries in the flashlight will be dead in one second. <laughs> <laughs> it is the blackest thing I've ever fucking seen. Nice. Uh, it, 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 it's insane. Like, Vespa produced a bike that the bike itself is flat black. Mm-hmm. And then everything else on the black bike that's like a trim piece is it's also black. black. So it's like the, a black hole. It's energy absorbing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the tires are the lightest thing on the bike. because you tires too close, have you can't a, come back. Exactly. Shine? Yeah. yeah. You turn your headlights on. Nothing happens. Is the fuel economy better or worse? I don't know. <laughs> Nothing can escape its great. <laughs> it is called the Note. And yeah, so this guy's bought nice. he's bought a Vespa Note. So at least he knows about And he bought a, a 1956 Lambretta LD Mark II. That's good. Are you delivering this stuff? Yeah, I'm delivering them. Oh, nice. you're, you're a warrior. I was going to say, well, is, I mean, is Moneybags going to join us on the podcast? <laughs> he, no, he's not. He's. He, I mean, that you know that Vespa is about 8400 bucks with taxes and everything. Mm-hmm. So he's about eighty four hundred dollars out the door on that, mm-hmm. and then Lambretta's seven grand, mm-hmm. and so you know that's a hell of a day mm-hmm. out. Full dollar for That's a hell of a day out. He's got a construction. He's got a construction company, so I got a feeling that he can do. He's been he doing pretty good lately. Nice. Yeah. That's so nice. I have a feeling his stocks are doing all right. So good for him. Nice. So he's spending some money, and then the other cat, the other cat who's buying the CB four hundred F and the CB seven fifty uh, okay. with the red turn signals. 
Uh, tried not to say it there, didn't you? I tried. It didn't work. And uh, <laughs> both those bikes are going back to Japan. Japan. Yeah, they're both seems to be the trend Japan. these days. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> and he's also interested in a couple other bikes I have. That, Two of my CB seven fifties went to Japan. Yep. Oh really? Yeah. And you know the K, oh. the Kawasaki S three out there, the three mm-hmm. cylinder two stroke is going mm-hmm. to Japan as well. So that bike's going to Japan. I think I'm turning Japanese. Yeah, turning Japanese. I've been trying to figure out a way to sell my stuff to Japan for a little while now, because I'm taking all their little cars. They can have all those. That's fair. Two wheels at a time? Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll work a program out. It'll be fine. You're getting four wheels for two, though. I think it's a pretty good exchange rate. I'm I'm not bad with that. Um, I wanted to hear more about John McElfresh's exploration of the Don't Call It a Ski Slope. Don't uh, call it a sleaze. Don't call it a sleaze tack. Okay, so fans. what we're talking about is Clear Fork Adventure Resort. So it's an adventure By the way, resort. I love the name. Yeah, yeah and it, at one point, so the, what this was, was 175 acres of ski resort. Right. Clear Fork. That, unfortunately, because of its location mm-hmm. and because of, what is it, not uh, Snow Run or something, Snow, Snow, trails. Trails. Snow trails. Snow trails. Snow trails. Okay, so this was an hour and a half from Columbus, an right. hour and a half from Cleveland. Yeah, it's right halfway. So people would come out there. It yeah. wasn't much of a ski slope. No. I can tell you it has three lifts. It's yeah. like, you it's, know, it's not even Boston Mills or Brandywine. Yeah. yeah. But it got some business when it opened because of where it was and people yeah. would yeah. come there. But for Soon the past as, 20 years, they haven't had snow. They haven't had <laughs> snow. And another yeah. one opened right down the closer, you know, when snow trails snow opened trails, up, yeah. Yeah. it basically sucked all their business dry. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now somebody in Utah owns and snow trails. Just to give you a little backstory, snow trails. The reason <laughs> snow trails is doing well is because they have embraced the whole après ski movement. So they have tubing. They've got oh, all the shit that for people who don't know how to ski. Hmm. So they got the inner tubes. They got the toboggan runs. They got all that shit. And then in the summertime, yeah, in the summertime they've got the uh, what do they call those? Yeah. The zip lines. Yes. So they do all the summertime oh, stuff for your corporate team building events. Okay, so yeah. that's kind of what have, I'm sorry. They used to have mountain bike races down yes, there too exactly. in the summertime. I, I huh. raced quite a few times down there. Yeah. Like the so snow trails has got to figured out how to make 365 days of income. Yeah. Yeah. So that is kind of what these pe- folks have done. They're trying to as do they were trying to do that. And at yeah. one point, they had a rock climbing wall that could be put up. They had like a bungee setup where you could go, and there was like a ding ding ding. They had a wakeboard. <laughs> well, they have this contraption that it's like it looks like you get on a you know like I don't know. It wasn't in, in use when I was there. Yeah. But they also had a wakeboarding thing where so there's no boat no. that tows you, but they have this pulley system mm-hmm. that will rip you across this pond lake. <laughs> but I call it a, it's a pond that had a jump in it and stuff. You mean that, you that, mean puddle. A puddle, yes. <laughs> so you get the the best one second of your life. <laughs> as this thing, if like, you can stay on the board. If you can stay on the board. But if you can't stay on the board, you're still going to end up at your destination. One way or the another. The point of impact. You're going across <laughs> the lake pond. You will reach the point of impact. <laughs> you will arrive at the point of impact right. 2.2 seconds later. And skitter <laughs> off into the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> into a pool of bactine. A gravel. <laughs> So, but the thing that made it most interesting to me and why I went there is because they have opened up ATV, motorcycles, side-by-side trails on this 175 acres. So if it was ever your dream to go blasting up a ski slope on your quad runner, ATV, motorcycle, whatever, you can now do that. And would this be what you would loosely call private property? Yeah. I mean... (gasps) 
It's not publicly held. This is a oh private company God. from Utah. So you mean if I had a thing that maybe didn't have a license plate? You don't need plates. Uh, or you insurance? don't need license. You don't need insurance. All you need to do is sign or your life away and sign the waiver. A body bag. Badge? We don't need no stinking badges. badges. We got yeah. badges. We got no. Wait, I stole his after, one. Line. I know. I know. After, <laughs> I've been waiting for that liner. Let's for rewind the tape. Seconds. Badges? <laughs> we don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what kind of pussy you got, Oscar? That's that <laughs> In fact, what I was. <laughs> If you can find better pussy anywhere, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to hell. <laughs> Come here, Taylor. We're going to hell. Oh, man. So, in fact, we camped out overnight, took my RV down there and everything and all of our stuff. When 7 o'clock and the trail supposedly yeah. closed and everything and everybody supposedly goes home. Right. Everybody went home. We were the only people camping. Oh, no. So everybody, including all the staff, including everybody. Here's the keys, John. Lock up. (laughs) We'll leave some lights lights on there, but, you know. (laughs) Park's closed. Moose out front should have told you. Pretty much, uh, you know, whatever you do. I'm like, so tomorrow morning, when can I ride? Well, you're not supposed to start till 12, but... Just wait till about nine or something. Well, way here. They're just like, but you're not supposed to, but you've already signed the waivers. You already signed the, you already signed the waiver, so as long as you're just like on the, you know, don't wake up. There is a neighbor. I think don't they, go above the bunny slope? I think somebody is leasing out the, uh, there, there's a house on the property. It was an old chateau or something like that. And, chateau. And uh, so they're living there. <laughs> But that was about the only thing they told us, and so we can't. So, so don't don't harass the people who live somewhat adjacent. Way to over there, way over there. Okay. Don't ride through the woods near their house over there. Oh, but feel free. You can ride the motor, the adult and the kids motocross track over here, over here near, and, and go down and ride through the river and stuff like that. I'm thinking four strokes probably too, all day long, no problem. No, I mean, well, you can do any. Well, I mean, I mean like a two stroke nine in the morning, maybe. Well, interestingly <laughs> enough, though, we're sleeping, and at like 5 o'clock in the morning, I think the paper boy rides a CR-125 or something, because <laughs> I'm like, no shit, I'm like, I hear, and it's then stopped, put the mail in the thing or something, that's fucking hilarious. Like, somebody came up And what time was that? Which, like five o'clock in the morning, oh, somebody shit. pulled paper up to the front. Down there. I don't know what he got or what. I was like, <laughs> he's bringing the Montgomery water. But it woke me. to wake me up, and I'm like, oh fuck, it was so big. We're supposed to be the only ones here. What the who's here? Well, this is five o'clock yeah, in the morning. Five o'clock in the morning. You know, I thought somebody was going to try to bomb the trails. Well, you know, like maybe some locals are like, yeah, we can go hit the trails at night when nobody's around. You know, because there's would have been nothing to stop you. That sounds like a crackle cast, like on a Sunday. It sounds to me like Mods versus Rockers. But the whole thing is okay. So they. Also have a bar there, so it's the old <gasps> ski. Whoa, whoa, what? whoa! <laughs> Did they leave the key with you? Yeah. You mean all I need to bring is money? So if you're there, <laughs> if you're, okay. So normally the bar closes at seven, but Kimmy will stay if there's anybody there drinking. Kimmy, got a little Shout out to Kimmy. So it's so you're the bar no, is what was the old ski lodge. So it's a ski lodge <laughs> with a balcony that overlooks the slopes. And it's like a nice, well-appointed It's a traditional bar. ski lodge? Yes. That is the ski lodge bar. It's the ski lodge bar. In the bar. summertime? In the summertime. And we can go drink there and is hang it, out? Can you, 
Yes. <gasps> Can we just sleep in the ski it's lodge Nirvana. like a big slumber party? You could if you wanted, but what's even better is they have a couple chalets. Uh-huh. So there's the 14 man chalet. That's the chalet, and then they're like that's like when the bunkhouse where it's like bunk chalet. beds. If yeah. you got 14 dudes and you just yeah. want to go, you know, then there's a six man, and then there's like the little honeymoon. That's the shall be, shall be, and then <laughs> it took a while. And then there's the honeymoon suite that's like kind of up in the hill and in the woods with a little balcony. That's like the two person like. So is that the Blazy Ford? So suite? it's ridiculously expensive to rent each one. The 14 person one. <laughs> the chalet. Yeah, that's $225 for the night. For the whole chalet. For 14 people. For 14. The shall be is like 165 person? and the honeymoon suite is 99 bucks a night. <gasps> so, Dude. like, it's, they're paying you to come there. Oh my God. You know, you know that we're going to be having. And Utah rules, Utah laws are in effect in that place. <laughs> Utah oh, laws are in effect. I like it. I, I can only say that so the for, to, for next year's first Mods versus Rockers rally in May, mm. we will be there. We have to and then for our second Mods versus Rockers rally in June, we will be there. <laughs> so for our third Mods It's cool because you have the Clear Fork River, yeah. and then there's another creek that goes into it. So, yes, so talk you, about your... Talk about your riding experience. Oh, well, you know, I was hanging out with my daughter, so I took right. the KLR 650. She has a little four-wheeler Yamaha Badger, 80. Yeah. And then I took the, the pit bike and the CT70 and stuff. So we were bouncing around. I started out taking her for a ride. We dumped it in a mud hole and everything, which it was a zero mile per hour. I knew it was going to – it was like trying to go sideways yeah. into a mud hole yeah. and across it. And I was like uh, – uh, uh, uh. Did you fall on your daughter? On her arm, yes. Yeah. And she was floating in the puddle, and I pulled her out. She wasn't floating. happy. She was soaked to her. Was she bike, crying? The bike oh, absolutely not. Really She's fine. Really. Did the bike take a drink? Oh, uh, it wasn't. Uh, no, it wasn't even like that. It was just a stupid just thing. But it was the KLR 650 right. with the Kendas. With yeah. the just, they're just mm-hmm. not. As soon as it got wet, it was like whoa. It yeah. was no. Every just wanted to lay it's down. Like, we're not tires anymore. Nope. Mm-hmm. Didn't. So they're not good on the street. And they're definitely not good in the mud. Well, guess what. Anybody want a set of Kens? <laughs> <laughs> They're definitely not good enough. Because I'm going to burn those fuckers to the ground next time I have the opportunity. I mean, yeah. I mean, I then I, I ditched Sounds the like KLR the for that kind for of stuff. Any, I rode the KLR up. Okay, so that was down by the river. So you had the kitty the kitty course, which was pretty much just an oval with a womp in it. Yeah, you're, you know, two womps. One womp, go around your little bank corner, and another little jump if you yeah, wanted. That's and the kitty course. So that was the kitty course. The adult course was. Would you like, say that's smaller than a football field or bigger than? A oh, football way smaller field? than a football okay. field. I mean, it was you know bigger than your parking lot, probably. Yeah. You know, but but it was just enough that a kid could ride around on their little and, bike and, and just totally go around and, and, and around and around and have fun. Yeah, that's good. And then there was the adult motocross course, which was much more spread out and mm-hmm. bigger. And that had, like, you know, just about everything you'd expect from a motor. There was some, like, jump, like, regular over up and over jumps. Tops, there a was a couple of tabletops. There were some mud, like, random mud holes like right. this and stuff like that yeah. with bank corners. And it oh, zigzagged good. through a field. I mean, oh, it, it was a ton of fun. Nice. I mean, you could ride around on a scooter with knobbies on that yeah. for oh, hours really? and just be, have fun. I mean, like, God. that would be... You know, hilarious watching it. The people are going to hurt themselves. You had me at yeah. watch. I know. I just, I, I just, <laughs> everything now is just getting better. Yeah. So it, so it's really expensive to go here. It's, uh, it would cost us forty dollars to camp out in the full hookup RV site. And then Wait, that's for your full hookup RV. Right. So that was with power. You know, fifty watt. You can water, run air conditioner, water. You know, the whole and, deal. Yeah. 
And then forty bucks. And then it was twenty dollars to ride the trail to enjoy the park. Right. So, so twenty bucks a rider per day. You can like bring a tent. There was a lot of people who came in, dumped dumped their bikes off, went and rode. What if you're Some maybe one of the fourteen people in chalet? You're good. You're one of the fourteen people in chalet that puts down what ten dollars per person, right? Right. And twenty dollars to ride the park, right? So it's thirty dollars. Thirty bucks. Ooh. It's next to nothing. So it's just, next to nothing. They're happy to have you. Hundred bucks for beer. Thirty. She bucks said for the day. <laughs> you know, on any given day, they maybe get fifty people who <laughs> come through there because there's a lot of probably local people yeah. who show up, yeah. unload sure their stuff, they ride people. for a couple hours, they fuck off. Oh nice. my god! But at night, on a Saturday night in September, right. And would we you were, say this is 75 miles from here? This is more like 80. Okay. 90 maybe. Well, just like It was the, an hour and a half. Yeah. It sounds like, a, sounds like an away Crackle Cast location. It sure does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm certain that you could get... And now their primitive camping was way over the fuck. I, I didn't get to like... It was at the other end. To get there, they had to take you like on part of the motocross course to drive you all the way back I'm in the woods. I'm thinking that all we do is we get... Three RV spots. Well, the RV spots. Are, okay, so imagine you've been to a, a ski slope. Yeah. It's the big gravel parking lot. Yeah. The RV spots were 15 of them all the, the way line. at the bottom. The tree not, line. Even, not even a tree line, just oh, yeah. at the edge of the parking okay. lot. All right. And they had spots there yeah. with a picnic table. And, you yeah. know, it's fine. It was gravel, but. We'll get chalet, shall be, and shall see. Well, the chalet. And we shall see what happens. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. I mean, yeah. whatever you want. I would do a chalet for the money. I mean, like. Yeah. And you got a group of guys going of in on it. No, I, I those, think that because our plan they, for Mods vs. Rockers is I make a phone call and say, I would like to rent your establishment. <laughs> that's $2,500 to have a wedding there the and you thing. get the whole yeah. place get nobody's whole place. getting married now let's not get carried no, away I, I, it sounds like the a la carte as we said with our wedding but a we thousand years ago joint. yeah when Dr. <laughs> yeah. Waters and I got married uh, we learned that if you say the word marriage or you say the word wedding prices go up no yeah. no mm-hmm. but you see yeah, yeah. with chalet shall be and shall see the price is like four hundred bucks for all of them. Yeah, yeah. Just so you say mention. <coughs> you mention the word wedding. You don't really need exclusive. If there's somebody else who's going to actually stay there for yeah. the night, right. they're not going to be a problem. They're not no, going to have a dude, problem. Gonna, with you. They're going to be happy. Somebody. I would have been happy if there's at least been one other person like yeah. maybe staying there. We're going to make we're going to make two phone calls, and the first phone call is going to be exactly. like exactly. I'm say. not sure how much of your yeah. place we're going to need, and the second phone call is when we clean them out. Yeah. Spread the phone calls. Right. And the third phone call is going to be... Get everything. These assholes are showing up at your bar. Holy shit. Be stocked. Stock the pond. Because you said there was a pond. There's a pond. Uh, (laughs) The pond was so awesome because Piper was there. We we went off the little dock thing. She threw it in. Wham, 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 wham. They were biting the bobber, like these little, this little bluegill. But they were trying to get the bobber. They, she was, at one point, you, you've seen the You can vi- fish with your finger. You've seen the video oh where gosh, the guy is just in. casting in, yeah. yanking fish out. Yeah. She yeah. had five up on the dock by just <gasps> dunking the worm in. We used to in. call that fish a minute, but I guess this was faster than fish a minute. You could dunk the worm in. They grab hold of the worm. You pick it up. They'd let go and land on the dock. She throw these bluegill were like she yeah, fucking warfrats. She was just like snagging them <laughs> yeah. out of there. They were just eating each other. We get five or six flopping around on the dock and then kick them all back in <gasps> and then do it again. Like over. <laughs> it wow. was hilarious. Wow, free game. It was yeah. really a beautiful experience. It would have been nice. Just I wonder how long you could be in that water. Apparently that's the swimming hole too. I mean, no way with all this bluegill. It's the nipping hole. You wouldn't have any nipping. <laughs> I, I was supposed to be gone. My brother talks about places where he's been camping. You put your feet in, yeah, and the little minnows and stuff will just come up and start. No, i eating a, the dead skin. Off there's your... a biker uh, place in Buffalo. There's this uh, Hoggies Harley Heaven thing, 
in Buffalo that we go to. And if you go in the pond, your nipples will get assaulted by fish. Like the bluegills will be like literally chomping at your nipples. I, that could weird. happen here. They were freakishly like they yeah. were all over it. Yeah. Hey, bluegills. That, that <laughs> was, actually, that was happening in Moab and the the. It's, Colorado River. Yeah, Colorado River. Thing, yeah. But it was, yeah. we also had a little minnows and just kind of. Yeah. And I'm sure. And they had a couple places stuff. where it was like a big fire ring, like a drainage, like a section of drainage. Yeah, drainage pipe. Like that you could probably build a big fire in there, oh just have God. like a group fire or something well, like that. Well, I'm going to call it right now. Yeah. What's that? Burn those candas. We could burn candas. Burn those candas. <laughs> I want to. First, I thought you said burn the pandas. And I was like, I wonder how much white meat's on a panda. And you got to bury those like luau stuff. Yeah, blue. So, what about like bonfires and area for doing that kind so of bonfire? The only thing is, you know, I don't know what noise at night. You know, they said that Fourth of July they had a great fireworks show sure and did. stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's one neighbor. I want to find out when that one neighbor goes on yeah. vacation. I think we should send that one neighbor somewhere. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right. I think he just won a trip to, to Atlantic City. Or you're invited to the party. Come, right. please join us because yeah. otherwise we're going to be up till two o'clock in the morning. I think the main two four weekend or thereabouts. Yeah, let's at least do a. A recon of it or something yeah. like that, or mm-hmm. just go all in. I like to say, Moz versus Rockers, part one. Mm-hmm. Part new. I've, Electric Boogaloo. And then, That'll happen later. There's <laughs> there's nothing to say that you can't ride anything you want on those trails. I know. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. I mean, yeah. what do you want to ride on the trail? I love but, the whole idea. You pay your 20 bucks, you sign the waiver. Right. Have at it. Yeah. Yeah. Genuine run what you brought. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> I, what do you, they what do, you got? They yeah. do want right. you to wear a helmet, eye protection, and glasses. I love that. that so there is. So they're not complete anarchists. Although, and I was like, well, and then I made some comment. I'm like, and she's obviously not allowed to drink beer, right? And she's like, pointing well, at your child. Yeah, and it's pointing <laughs> at your child. She's like, and she's like, well, everybody else is, so you'd probably be fine. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> she'll fit right in. <laughs> Real swingers Holy paradise shit. down there. My Game on. Nightmare. How much for the little girls? The children. We want the well, children. We have banjo <laughs> lessons. Well, I was, I was kidding that, you know, you're not allowed to drink alcohol and stuff while you're riding and stuff. Right. No. But then she was kind of like, well, everybody else will be probably drinking that. Oh, my God. Game but on. I know I saw at least a couple dudes in a side-by-side. They weren't wearing helmets or not. It's probably going to be at least three children. And they were drinking. I'm pretty sure there were only two people working. Yeah. Amanda working other? the desk. <laughs> Amanda working the desk. And Jerry driving around in a John Deere. And John Deere. Gator or something. I don't think there's anybody out there on the trails. And Kim at the bar. And Kim, Kim later on, she shows Kimmy. up. Kimmy. Do you think that no. it would take us three trips to this place? To get to the point where we could just show up with firearms and make a scoot and shoot. That was the only. That's the whole thing I was thinking. I'm like, you got the see. Cur- we share a break. Yeah. Okay, so you're up here on the deck off yeah. the back of the ski lodge. Yeah. There's a, a hill there. Oh, yeah, it's a target right there. Yeah. I mean, Natural oh, oh, oh. And put all that lead in the hill. I'll give you traction for traction when you're riding. Yeah. Up the hill. <laughs> the, the, I'll bet it, you the scoot and shoot's probably real popular in October. And she said that the, the lifts still work if you want to fire them up. So we can hang. Well, we, can, we can hang targets. Oh, we can hang targets. That's a bad idea. Wait, wait. Did they yeah. really say that? If you want to fire them up? No. <laughs> well, I mean, no. she's like, we can fire. They work, but then, what about this? It takes you a ton bring, of electricity, and we yeah, don't. Yeah, of course it does. You bring bicycles. You like take the lift up the hill, and yeah. they kind of like race I wonder if they have a sport that downhill. <laughs> well, the, the ski slopes themselves. I mean, everything. The only thing is this, and all the reviews. Everybody's complaining. Everything's overgrown. The slope Ooh, itself is overgrown. Four, it's four feet of weeds. It's, Have they met us? 
No, it's not going to be. A, we are the definition of overgrown. <laughs> but there was some like of us really, have overgrown. So there was the parking lot, <laughs> but off of the edge was like this little meadow, which was like a little park, and it had like it looked like a big fire ring in it. Yeah, I'm like, this could be the perfect little group camping area oh, where like, man. and there was a stream along it. You yeah. could park, you know what I mean, or like just. Just, you know, the worst part about we don't that, want we don't want your we don't care where we camp. We yeah. just want to pay our money for camping, and right. we'll put our tent wherever we want. Exactly. You don't have to put us like, in a spot. It doesn't sound like they'll be really. I don't think they care. As long as they get their money, I mean, they're de- they're they're just trying to make money. They're, they're trying. To I'm sure over. they'd be thrilled. I'm sure we could do it once or twice. If twenty dudes showed up with twenty bucks a pop, pop, they'd be like, "Yes, right." We made our nut this month. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think this is perfect. This is exactly what we need. I mean, this is why we used to go up and do like velodrome in Detroit, because it was <laughs> it was unpopular. It was unknown. It was a thing that nobody knew about. Nobody did, and it was great until it became too popular. Theater Bazaar was great mm. when it was at the grounds, but it became too popular. And once too many people found out about it, then there had to be rules. Yeah. And everything is great before it becomes awesome. Like How before, close is it to uh, nobody goes there anymore? It's too crowded. It's right at okay. So it's basically <laughs> yeah. closer it's to Mid Ohio. It's like I, because I always go to Belleville and to right. go to Mid Ohio, it's just the opposite. So it's on the other side of seventy one. So okay. it's actually closer to get to this place. Oh, yeah. than to drive out to Mid Ohio. Oh, yeah. Well, that's all in the area. And then okay, so now if you want to go for a ride, I did try to take a little. Okay, so into town, yeah, where there's two more bars and a gas station, and everything is is eight tenths of a mile. Why would you leave the safety of the ski slope to go into town? You don't right. need to, but okay. like say Sunday morning, you want to go for a road ride. <laughs> I went down the street and made the first right, and I went yeah. I went over a one lane bridge onto nice little twisties through mm-hmm. a background and cord fields, and you could have fucked off into nowhere. Is this heaven? Of, it was no. heaven. It was Valhalla. It's. <laughs> is that, it's Mid Ohio. Uh, is this Ohio? No, it's Mid Ohio. The uh, I, I okay, powerful. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. I mean, yeah, let's do it. Dumb. The only thing that could ever happen is we get really loud and maybe piss off that one person, and like, and that's why we should make sure the first okay. So the cop, okay, fucking rage. So the cops show up, and you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're that's cool. We'll, we'll keep Everyone it down. Podcast land, right? We're yeah. gonna turn our so. drinking down to just beer now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the firearms away and most of the fireworks. No more two trucks. No fireworks bigger than your fist. Right. We got rules. Cut it down to beer. Cut it down to beer. No We're gonna pump the brakes. Yeah. Before the days of rehab. All right. Cut it down to beer only and no two strokes. Put it down to okay. beer. Okay. But I think I think absolutely <laughs> Mid Ohio rules would be just fine there. You could probably fuck about and everything like God, that. That's it's fucking fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I mean, it sounds delicious. I love everything about it. Okay, so imagine this. Different topic. Okay. Guy shows up. Segue. Guy shows up at my <laughs> shop this morning. Comes into my shop. I can tell already that for some reason Renee's giving him the stink eye. Uh oh. I can't imagine what he said to Renee. But he already she, fucked up. He already fucked up. And so Sparky goes through the showroom by accident. You don't have to go through the showroom. You make a choice. The trick is when you go through the showroom, if there happens to be a customer in there, you're liable to get fucking snagged and tagged. And uh, he got snagged and tagged. And the customer had had full fucking death claw grip into this poor mechanic. And uh, and I said, no, no, he's working. Mm. And I said, I will answer any technical questions you might have when I'm done with my existing customer. Put your ass on ice, hang tight. Whatever problem you have isn't going to 
you know, this is not the volcano. Speak this to is the not booty. Kilauea. The hands off duty. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You got it. So here's the story. Um, brother-in-law. Let's Your brother-in-law? Say, let's just say, no. This dude's father-in-law dies. Leaves behind a 2002 Suzuki Volusia 800. What has not been run appropriately in about five years. It must have been almost free because he jumped in an airplane from San Antonio, flew his ass to Cleveland, Ohio, and introduced himself to this motorcycle and then showed up at my shop knowing if we could make sure that bike would make it back to San Antonio, except he hadn't realized that there was commerce involved. Or maybe he'd hoped that there wouldn't be commerce involved. And... What I can tell you, after spending about a half an hour, $45 worth of labor, it's a half an hour, counseling him, is that I don't think he's going to make it to Tennessee. But now, what would you do? Because as I, I told you him, or I was him, as I told him, I've gone, I've flown to places on bikes I bought from eBay. You've and flown on a bike? No, I've flown to places <laughs> to pick up a bike on the lead of bikes I bought on eBay, and I've flown to Dallas and bought a bike, and I've flown to California and bought a bike and ridden both of them back. What was his level of expertise, though? Well, he he's built a few hot rods. <laughs> well, he's not a motorcycle guy. I will I will say again, he built a few hot rods, and uh, I had the privilege of telling him, "Well, no, sir, you're a parts installer." You're not a mechanic. You're a parts installer. And he is a parts installer. He's not a mechanic. He's a parts installer. He can buy boxes from Summit Racing and he can put them on. He's probably very good with three-m adhesive tape. But 10 I millimeter can, wrenches. Yeah, but I can tell you for sure he's not real good when it comes to motorcycles. So, this is just a quickie. Not the whole... We don't need to spend an hour on this. Could but you give him a free ad? Yeah. Well, here's my point. <laughs> I guess the my point is running it off. His own. The Volusia, <laughs> the Volusia, did fire once a new battery was installed, and it would run, but it would not idle. You're just gonna peg it and go, right? Head, <laughs> San Antonio, head, come head, on. South, head southwest. Right. Just, <laughs> fucking dude, and just wait for the sun to come up and shoot yourself. It'll yeah. clean itself out after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Fuel system cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. I'm gonna tell you. How bad was the tank? No, well, once again. Until he spends ninety dollars, which is one hour of labor, I don't know. Oh. I have no idea. Um This is the, all uh, this was all talk. This, this was, was all talk. Not over top of the bike. Yep. The bike's some in somebody's garage. The bike's in somebody else's he garage. He doesn't have a car. How did he even get here? Did he, he have to he probably Ubered. I don't know if he Ubered here or he yeah, had a friend drop him off from the airport. Right? Or maybe yeah. so, maybe at the family member's house he grabbed their car. We're already talking about a fifty dollar pickup. Well <laughs> and the long and short of it is if he would have brought the bike in and given us one hour of labor, we would have given him one hour of labor. We would have, you know, dropped the bowls and the carbs and cleaned them out. And, you know, that would be my point. So my point is, walking up to this bike, I've picked up some bikes and and knew knew damn well I had to ride them home. Now, two times I've done this, and two times the bike was not as advertised. But I knew that going in. I anticipated that going in, because nobody ever, the bike is never as advertised. 
but I also have to rely on my own skill. I also have to rely on, and like he says, I have no tools. And I said, well, why don't you have any tools? That's your first mistake because I have an airplane ticket. My tools don't go with me in, you know, they're not, but they're check, they're check bags. Go ahead. Did he check for the onboard toolkit for the Volusia? Well, that's a good place to start. You know? <laughs> Maybe you do have and tools. And he also didn't want to take the carbs apart because that would be too much work and over his head. Ah, pussy. Exactly. That's basically what I told him. I was like, well, then if you haven't pulled those carbs apart yet, I think you're going to make it to Cincinnati. Because that's until enough shit from the gas tank is accumulated in the bottom of those float bowls. Until you hold a piston because they're running lean. Well, that's the other thing. And I, so I told him, I'm like, dude... The best thing you can do is run this thing and ever increasingly start with a half an hour, then go 45 minutes, then go an hour, heat cycle this thing, build it up. Because if you go hard and long and fast, what's going to happen is you're going to hold a piston because you're running lean. Mm. Yeah. No, the right thing to do is clean the carbs. Absolutely. And then have fun. Start with the clean the carbs. He said he changed the fuel lines, but he was having a problem because he couldn't find correct fuel line for it. So he bought fuel line at the auto parts store, which wasn't the right fuel line. It may not be fuel compliant. <laughs> because the fuel line they had was for fuel injection systems, which is very thick and reinforced, mm. and that didn't fit. So the fuel line he put on was probably vacuum line. Vacuum mm-hmm. line, exactly. That's what good I'm line. thinking. Go to Home Depot and buy the vinyl line. Vinyl line. Works it's good, good for one shot. It's it good hard. for the trip. It gets hard. You it gets can't hard touch about six months. Yeah, yeah you can't down. touch it. Yeah, like Tigon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's the thing. I would probably first things first. You put a new battery in it. First things first. I think I would. And the tires, by the uh, way, I was say tires. the tires on this bike, mm-hmm. the best I can tell, the tires are at least 10 years old. As if it's been sitting on the tires, yeah. too? I mean, it's 10-year-old mm-hmm. tires. Are good. Now, I'll tell you about this guy's yeah. technical exper- expertise. Is he couldn't find a sticker on here on the bike to tell him how much tire pressure put in. So he tried looking on the sidewall of the, the bike to find out how much tire pressure to put in. Mm-hmm. So he figured he'd just put 40 in to be safe. Mm-hmm. That tells you what I'm dealing with. Oof. A hot rodder, huh? <laughs> Rule of thumb stand, but he only put tw- ten in the bag. With emphasis on <laughs> rod, <laughs> I would, I would have. I said my personal thing is I would have that front tire somewhere between twenty six and thirty two, and that bike tire, yep. that back tire between twenty eight and thirty four. Yep. Because as you build up heat, that that pressure is going to go up. Mm-hmm. And if you're running a ten year old tire that's been sitting in the same place for five years, yep. expect yes. flat spots. Yeah. Expect problems. Expect cracks in the sidewall. Mm-hmm. Expect delamination. So. Where's the Voluja? Oh, we didn't hear, motherfucker. I mean, yeah. I thought you were going to buy it off him. <laughs> oh, well, that, was, that was the second question is, what do you think it's worth? And I was like, well, you're going to find that once you invest in a U-Haul to get your ass the rest of the way to San Antonio, that this free bike is not going to be worth that. your plane ticket, your U-Haul, and everything yeah. else. I'm like, you got to have something to haul the U-Haul with, too. Yeah, maybe a van, I guess. But yeah, so like, no, I think he's probably going to pick up a U-Haul box truck. Yeah. along the way. Mm-hmm. Now, remember years ago, we had that little Mazda Porter cab, that little Japanese micro truck, mm-hmm. and the dude showed up from Tennessee to buy it at the Lakewood store and bought it and drove it to Tennessee. A 500cc Mazda Vulcan engine, little little small Vulcan engine in there, motorcycle engine, and he drove from Cleveland, Ohio, in a vehicle that really shouldn't go over 50 miles an hour. <laughs> in all fairness, yeah. when you bought that vehicle... yeah. Where did you buy it from? Chicago. And where did you, how did you get it from Chicago to Cleveland? Drove that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is, I possess a certain set of skills. Mm-hmm. And I did have, I have a special skills. I have a special set of skills. Well, and we did Very have, unique. <laughs> well, and you know what? 
I I spent a half a day on that thing in Chicago making sure it would make the trip. I know what to buy. I know what to look at. And I do that. The worst one I ever bought, hands down, was I bought a 1996 airport shuttle bus. My second airport shuttle bus was sitting in the same spot in the same impound lot for almost 10 years. A 7.3 turbo diesel Ford that had been sitting in the same spot, had sunk into the gravel, had six flat tires, and I bought it. And I bought it and and literally drove out to New York, drove out to uh, Ithaca, New York, to pick it up from the impound lot, which was attached to the men's prison, and went back there and had brought two batteries with me in the back of my pickup truck, because it's a diesel, Mm -hmm. had brought two perfectly good batteries with me and all my tools, and diesel and starting fluid and everything else in the world. And we were, we couldn't get this thing to, 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 to fire. To chooch. Yeah, we couldn't get any. It wasn't. It was not choochin', and and it didn't want to be that way. And we went and we broke into two cars that were on the lot that looked freshest, that had like the most current stickers on the license plates, and we got the batteries out of those vehicles mm-hmm. and we daisy chained everything together, and we opened enough trunks of other vehicles in the impound lot to find jumper cables, to like put three sets of jumper cables on each battery, because. Thick wire is your answer when you're jumping anything. Absolutely. Yeah. If you can't have really thick wire, have a lot of thin wires. 1.2 gigawatts. <laughs> <laughs> and we got that thing started up, and we drove it home from Ithaca, New York. We a vehicle, my wife and I, Dr. Waters. Win. Yeah, and as a win. And she followed me with the, you know, and we made it, and it was cool. And for the first two miles, it was kadunk, kadunk, mm-hmm. kadunk yeah. on the flat tires. And that is how my RV is every time I pull <laughs> Every time you ride it. You go down at 60 miles an hour. Oh, it's just driving on trees. It's like Metal Lark Lemon dribbling a basketball. <laughs> yep. Yeah, as references to the really old people. So what else? Okay, so you're picking up a five-year-old bike. Bike hasn't run for five years. What do you look at? I'm saying carbs. I'm going straight for the carbs. Well, I would look in the gas tank. Yeah. Probably after five years, it's not yeah. going to be roached out too bad. I can tell you the gas is worth nothing. Drain I the gas. Drain, drain every gas. bit yeah, of sure. fuel out of that thing yeah. possible. Yeah. I'd probably if I'm driving all the way to you know where he's San going. Antone. I'm changing the oil. Changing I'm doing. Oil. I'm, I'm thinking tires though, man. But it, that's is that yeah. a liquid cooled bike? It is. It's well, a radiator. I would look at the coolant and make sure there's yeah. coolant in it and make yeah. sure that it's cycling properly. When you start it up for the first time. Oh, and I think if it's not blown when you start it up for the first time, it'll be blown 150 miles later. I'd also want to check the electricals and make sure that, you know, that it's charging, that I'm not going to put, oh, that's a, really put good a new battery in it and put get, a new battery put 100 in it. miles on it and then the battery goes soft. Yeah, I'd splice it. Uh, and if you're just going to do that without doing anything else, I'd splice a fuel filter in it. Good idea. Yeah. That's a really smart idea because the fuel filter is a couple of bucks. And if right. you get a visible one, you can get see, a visible you can fuel see filter. If you got a problem right there. Jam yeah. a big fat fuel filter in there. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because I, who knows what's in that gas? I tank. don't know about you guys, but I always like to run my fuel line down and then up into the car because it makes a natural little it makes trap a natural down belly. there. Yeah. So and if you have clear fuel line, yeah. the sediment will kind of It'll like lay down. in that little tr- yeah. that thing, and you can you'll see it. That's a good mm-hmm. idea. That's a very good idea. Yeah. So this is it. And that's the other thing I would say was a nice, solid, real strong AMA membership. Pro so, tips here, kids. No, yeah. ex- no extra get charge. Get towing on your insurance. So get towing on your insurance or right, get, you know, get the AMA. It's four bucks extra, so why wouldn't you yeah. get... Yeah get, yeah, get AMA, get towing, make sure that you've got some way that you can get the bike. Because invariably, when this bike fails, it is not going to be at 3 p.m. on a Tuesday. 
<laughs> it's going to be at 3 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be that, that one where it's like the garage lights just closed on the Friday night, and you know they're not going to go on again until Monday morning. It's just like getting busted. <laughs> you get busted Two at nights in jail for free. One <laughs> Thursday, Friday night. Friday night. Oh, it's it's just holiday, when I was driving back from Michigan and the water pump blew on my RV on a fucking Sunday evening, oh, you fuck. know, like that—that yeah. that was because of I had the wherewithal to buy a water pump yep. before it went. And then when that wasn't the right water pump, yep. I had a motorcycle on the back to go get a water pump oh. and come back and you had you literally dispatched the shuttlecraft. Yes, <laughs> nice. Like the it. away party is left. I had, was this on the side I, of the interstate? Yes, beautiful, fucking badass. Yeah, my park, I had to pull in the park and ride, and you know, wifey poo and daughter had to wait there while I drove twenty miles to go get the right stuff. You know, holy shit, came back. I mean, I had that starter out in thirty minutes. Yeah. Or the pump, the water the, pump, the water pump, yeah. But then I'm like, What's I went to put the new one on, and all the holes for the bosses for yeah. the accessories were not drilled and tapped. <gasps> oh, like, are you shitting me? It's for a Chevy 350. Oh but my god! Of, uh, so back, so unload the KLR off yeah. the back, throw it in the thing, ride the KLR to the nearest auto zone, Holy exchange shit. it, come back. So that put me back a half hour or so. Yeah. But I was back on the road in less than two hours. Pro tip: Had I not been a fu- had I been a fuckwit? Yeah. You're that would have been stuck. okay. Well, now we got to go find. Wait a, for the garage door. We got to get somebody to tow this RV oh, yeah. to a garage that's not open. Yeah. Wait right for them to Monday. open on Monday, Monday while yeah. we stay in a hotel. Yeah. And like it just would have been a shit. Here's show. a pro tip from your uncle Phil: If you're driving one of those four wheeled vehicles that has one of those serpentine belts in the front, mm. if you happen to lose like a, I don't know an alternator mm. or um, the clutch on your air conditioner. Or the idler pulley itself. Or the idler pulley itself. You can get rid of any of those items and run a shorter belt. Yeah. So uh, you can get rid of those items and simply buy, go to the auto parts store. And we've had to call in certain states, if you break down on their turnpike, they must bring you the parts. I used a rope a scam. for a belt one time on my Volvo. Wow. <laughs> I took a rope. And yeah. I tied it, and I made it too short, a little right, bit too course, short, yeah. and I took screwdrivers, and I popped it on. Yeah, forced it on. And I started it up. And as long as you didn't rev the motor up right. really high, it would no, stay on there. Idle. It popped off a couple times, yeah. and I revved it up. Yeah. I'm like, don't rev it up. Just oh to put God. it in drive and just give it a little bit of gas, and Good I got street. home. Holy shit. They make those boats, yeah. too, that are like... You could snap yeah. belts. Yeah, yeah, snap those belts. Those work pretty well. Yep. And they, then they get And yeah. so all the old belts and hoses and everything mm-hmm. didn't get thrown away. No. They got tucked away in the RV. No, stuck so, away. Because that's an extra part. That's they were still working. Yep. So I got Chuck all that shit. I got an extra. I got a fuel pump. I've got all. Like I'm ready for the next. Like breakdown. a true vintage vehicle owner. Yeah, extra. Yeah, I drove, I I drove Volkswagens for years, and it's yeah. like you, you have a rotor, you got a <laughs> one time, cab, you got push rod tubes. You one time, I charged the RV up off of the KLR. Yep. Had to hook jumper cables <laughs> to the KLR. Yep. Hooked them over where the generator is. You can get yep. a ground and, and the thing. The KLR is known for its robust charging system. It is <laughs> <laughs> not really. It took a good half hour to yeah. forty minutes of it just idling there before it finally charged. The KLR looked at that battery. For yeah, your no, RV. Oh, and the KLR went, what the fuck? What are you yeah. KLR says, you're mine, bitch. <laughs> but <laughs> I tell you what, once you get it, st- it even if my <laughs> alternator. Once you get up to 7,000 RPM, she charges like a mofo. If my alternator <laughs> if my alternator went out, I would yeah. leave the KLR running on the back, yeah. hook it up to the RV, yeah. 
get it started, and oh, I would man. drive with the KLR, with the KLR running KLR. my 12 volt ignition. Yeah, we did it once. Piper, go go in the back room. Just rub it yeah. up. Open Reach the out the back window. Reach out the back window. Back at about 4,500 RPM. My generator's got DC out. Oh, yeah. So I just so plugged fine. it in. My, yeah. I left the switch, the stupid switch on yeah, yeah. for both batteries, and pic- I killed everything, so I put the DC. There's a picture of somebody that bought a, that was making a ride home and stopped at a Harbor Freight and bought the little tiny, impossible little tiny generator at Harbor Freight and then bought a, a, a DC yeah. inverter, yeah. like DC so a battery charger, charger. Just and a battery then charger. ran the charger from the DC, the, literally the, the two-stroke generator on the back of his bike. Mm-hmm. Down to the the battery charger, also from Harbor Freight, and then ran the leads into his battery so that mm-hmm. the gasoline powered two stroke generator charging was battery. charging the battery in his motorcycle so he could make it home. That's I thought that's what he was going to put on his Ural as a standard. as a charging system yeah. <laughs> as a standalone charging system was a generator in the trunk yeah. of the sidecar rig. But the it turns out if you do ever in that situation, the better solution is to just buy a battery. <laughs> just go seriously no 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 no. I'm not being an asshole buy a battery so you have two batteries uh, okay. so buy a good battery you need the battery anyway Walmart places that sell batteries are open any hours Harbor Freight is or better Harbor Freight is not open as many hours as battery places are yeah. so you can go and buy a battery so here's how you do it is you put battery A into service and that battery A is is on the you know functioning side of things while battery B is charging in your buddy's bike. Right, right, right. Oh, <laughs> Use your yeah. buddy's bike or your buddy's car or your buddy's yeah. anything else to charge oh. battery B. And then mm-hmm. snag that battery B out, give him shitty-ass dead battery A. Well, we were on a... You'll, uh, you're good to go. You can make fall it ride, an infinite number of distances. My uh, CB1, the voltage regulator, shit the bed. Yeah. Now, it wasn't not charging. It was overcharging. It was overcharging. Yeah. So we pulled... Uh, I was, like, hearing this whistling sound, like a, like a beeper or something. Yeah. We pulled into the parking lot, and I'm just hearing this... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, it's coming from my bike. What the yeah. fuck? Is like the fuel pump stuck somewhere or something? And I, so I pulled the seat off and everything. Okay. I'm like, oh, it's the battery. It's just yeah. whistling out the there. The battery's <laughs> screaming out <laughs> the cap. Yeah. Yeah. So then I go, you know, go to start it, nothing and yeah. everything. So what I do, go in, get a glass of water, pop the caps on the battery, oh. which is a sealed battery anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sealed AGM battery. Dump cool some, that bitch down. Dump some water in the fucking thing. Put the cap back on. Put it back in the bike. Push start it. Whoa. <laughs> fires up. Run it for a little while. Shut it off. Start it back up. Whoa, whoa. Running great. Yep. Got me home. Got me fine. You know, and then... You know, I had to replace my voltage regulator and everything, but those were a dime a dozen on on the eBay's and yeah. everything. They they make Chinese knockoffs and stuff. Now, how long is that going to last? I don't know. This New battery CB one sixty that I may be familiar with. Negative. Okay. Negatory. <laughs> Check. This is the CB. This is the CB one. My Negative. the CB four hundred F. Negatory Ghost Rider. CB one. Okay. <laughs> CB one sixty. Okay. Oh no, that that your that bike has all kinds of other problems. Oh, that bike. I mean, when I got, oh, let me tell you about your bike. When, when I got that bike, it had a mouse living in the headlight, mm-hmm. which I had to excavate and clean all that excavate. out and everything. Fixed up a lot <laughs> of the wiring and everything like that. <laughs> but I got everything working and everything, and put some. Uh, I had to do a little bit of uh, putting some heat shrink on some stuff like that. But it's not bad. It's tidy and it's been very reliable. Other than just had some problems with like at high, like trying to take it out on a highway and run it at high RPMs for a long time. It just seemed like, I don't know, something was going on. It was like, like the, like the right carb was running out of gas or something, like a float set issue or something. I, I could ride it all around, all mid Ohio. I could ride around 35, 40 mile an hour and it just was fine. 
But when you really rung it out on the highway, it was having some problems. That was that bike. Great. <sighs> but otherwise. It's the other one. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a, it's a beer. Oh, that's the best one. But it's great yeah. for yeah. Go figure. Leaning Kugels. <laughs> Does anybody not beer. like Leaning Kugels? Race. I mean, you don't. Yeah. You don't like that. Yeah. You don't like you don't like sweet. Too sweet. Too sweet. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's like I don't like the sweetness. So what do you think, Chris? You haven't said a fucking word all night long. Go fuck yourself. Well, thank you very much. There we go. Not everyone. And on that note, go forth and fornicate with thine head. How about me? Have you been playing with your meat at all? We have. What kind of meat have you been playing with? Well, we're trying to get something put together. We saw a video. So there's a couple of butchers up in Chicago that got a side of beef. Okay. Without the legs on it. So they they completely they completely boned it out. So like you're just talking the ribs in the back they and the tenderloins yeah, and stuff like that? Okay. The whole thing's they there. boned it out. So they boned the whole thing out. They salt and peppered it. And they rolled it. Uh-huh. And trussed it. So the thing was. Like a roulotte. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know what that or is, relax. but it's it's about <laughs> fourteen inches in diameter and about three feet long. Huh. And they uh, they Did roast they... it. They wrote They put it in a smoker for wow. nine hours or something like that. Holy so shit. so there's the there's the short ribs, yeah. there's the tenderloin, mm-hmm. there's the all the you know steak stuff, and they just cut it like slices off a uh, uh, off a log. So they well. deboned it completely, ah. completely. So so anyhow. Um, I'm, I'm I'm talking to these knuckleheads at our uh, at our sausage club. I said, well, you know, we should we should we should try doing this. And the guy says, well, we don't have a place big enough to cook it. And I said, well, actually, we do because Fatheads Matt Cole has a, a smoker big enough to put a full size hog in it. And I said, you know, we could just haul ass down there and throw it in there. Right. And then uh, I said, if push comes to shove, and Matt Cole tells us to go pound salt. Years ago, <clears throat> I I had a uh, suckling pig roasted for me in a bakery down by the West Side Market, the Rab Bakery. Yeah. I know a guy. And I and I said I called Rab. I said, "How much is it to uh, to cook this uh, the suckling pig?" He said, uh, twelve dollars." I said, "Bingo, I'll bring it over." So who? Do you <laughs> oh my know? God, twelve dollars. So so the thing is, there's, <laughs> there, there's so much meat here. You'd need fifty or sixty people in order to so or, two like of a, me, uh, or two of me. Mods versus Rockers came out. <laughs> well, you, you know, so we'd like to do it. We'd like to take the, the side of beef over to the butchers over there on Fleet Avenue, those ladies yeah, of lady Saucy Side, yeah. and, and have them show us how to bone it out. They'll roll it up and cook it somewhere and wow. serve it up and everybody eat until you can't breathe. The cornucopia of oh, beef. Yeah. So I love when I get the meat sweats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, TJ's Butcher Block there? Yeah, Yelvin Lakewood? Lakewood, yeah. Yeah, those guys are pretty good guys and they have a big smoker that looks like a submarine basically okay. Mm-hmm. okay and i'm sure you could fit what you're talking about in there well i, I worked at a bakery and we had <laughs> we had an oven that was a walk-in oven so you actually would take a whole rack of cookies and put them uh, you know like yeah. f- 15 pans of cookies yeah. on a rack you would roll it into this oven on a hook Right. That it would slide up on the hook, and then that would rotisserie, and it would mm-hmm. rotate with. It was a walk-in convection oven, yeah. wow. and you could easily hang like hang a half a beef in there and just let it cook. What Put a bucket underneath it so it yeah. catches dripping. Yeah. <laughs> well, let me. I, you probably have about two guesses. Hold on, McElfresh. Just repeat that again. What nationality are you? <laughs> what do you think I am? <laughs> 
You've got I just wondered if you're like if you're in these coveted walking ovens. I think I mean, his, <laughs> oh, that was no. Pennsylvania duck. Oh <laughs> wow! Too soon. Wow. No, I am not German. Okay, <laughs> fuck you. He's, he's Argentinian by extraction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so anyway, guys, I'd like to talk to you a little bit tonight about our tech tip. Tech tip of the evening. Just yeah. the tip. Cleveland Moto. Just the tip. The tech tip. I gotta pee. Yeah, go ahead. You can be excused <laughs> from this. Uh, so, a big thing uh, that I've had to talk to customers about this week, I, weirdly, strangely enough, six times this week I've had to have educational conversations, a.k.a. counseling, with customers regarding the cooling systems on their motorcycles. Cooling systems, for some reason, this week have turned up to be the ballywick. I mean, we've had a problem. And there is a misunderstanding, there's some miscommunication, and there's a lack of knowledge and a lack of training. Apparently, cooling systems are too complicated for the six people who I've had to talk to regarding that. May I ask a question here? Yeah. Uh, are we talking about uh, water cooled, or are we, we are talking about cooling in general? Well, not the mayonnaise cooling systems that we used in the forties. The, the more liquid cooling systems <laughs> liquid that we're cooling. using these okay. days. Yes, so not air cooled. Not yeah, oil not air cooling. Okay. Yeah, not oil cooling. Okay. Mm-hmm. Liquid cooling. Hmm. And There's liquid a, cooling. A fun fact. Yeah. Water transmits thermal energy four times better than oil. My God. Uh, as luck would have it, forty times better than air. Yes. A mercury-cooled right. system would even be better because it would be. that <laughs> really <laughs> transmits. That transmits the, edge. <laughs> the conductive properties when it comes to ambient temperature of mercury it's, are pretty much it's uncontested. Like times better than water. Tell me more, Mister Science. <laughs> it is the heaviest cooling system you will ever, <laughs> yeah. ever, yeah. and don't mind the cancer. We're okay. <laughs> We're fine. It's okay. Quicksilver cooling. That's my jam. That's my jam. Okay. okay, so here we go. So, interestingly enough, uh, just for the basics, coolant systems exist on all kinds of different motorcycles. I mean, if you have a Kawasaki Concourse, if you have a modern... I do. Yeah, if you have a modern large displacement Piaggio... Or a Ruckus. I mean, or a 50, Ruckus. 50cc Ruckus. Right, these have cooling systems. And the whole idea is that basically where there used to be fins... You put a cylinder outside of the cylinder and you fill it full of liquid. Hmm. And all the way back to like the flying, like the Merkel flying squirrel or whatever, these guys had cooling systems. And that that idea was just that you could just you could pull heat out of a motor by putting big giant fins on it and hmm. letting the air do its job, or you could put some water around something and let it do its job. And yeah, in modern computers. I know a lot of guys that have computers that are liquid cooled, mm-hmm. right? Phones are liquid cooled now. Yes, Samsung. Oh yeah, Samsung Nine is liquid cooled. Really? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There's one. It has a. That's amazing. It yep. has a liquid cooled channel. Yep. It has a little a pipette, mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. tube of liquid in it. Now it ain't water and it ain't Prestone. Yeah. 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 But as the processors and the batteries are are going back and forth using so much, <laughs> um, it does keep them cool. <laughs> so, the uh, so that's a, a real that's a real thing. Now, here's the interesting thing about the coolant systems: is if you're a person that likes to keep a motorcycle longer than eight years, that's brilliant. Oof. 
Yes. Text that over to us right now. I think you should just send that right to the Cleveland Moto Podcast Facebook page. Good out. You got a lot of range on that one. The uh, all the way into the all the way into the helmet department. The uh, so yeah, that that needs to go right to the Cleveland Moto Podcast Facebook page. Excellent. Thank you. So, liquid cooling systems really aren't a problem until they're a fucking problem, and then when they're a problem, it's expensive real fast. So for the first two or three or four or five or six years, you're going to get away with it. And you're going to think, eh, it's clearly not an issue I need to worry about. Until it becomes an issue you're wanting to worry about. Bye. Oh, God. <laughs> Renee is leaving the building. Yeah. Is it bad yes. that I have a 1990 CB1 yep. that has the original coolant in it? <laughs> Define bad. Potentially. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, it's the Honda, it's the factory coolant. As we like to say, batteries contain a lot of potential energy. Energy? Energy. Potential (laughs) energy. Am I doing a disservice by taking out that You don't have potential energy. You have potential failure. Your 10-year-old coolant has acquired a lot of potential failure. Now, at some point, you'll have too much potential failure, and it'll come out. What's the degradation of antifreeze? Yes, well... Like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, when you change your oil before you put the bike up for the winter mm-hmm. because the mm-hmm. oil oh, contains yeah. all kinds of Bad acids and byproducts things. and shit, yeah. that that antifreeze degrades mm-hmm. and it reacts with the aluminum, all the aluminum, and it's meeting with uh, ferrous iron parts or ferrous parts, um, and that it does degrade and it will start attacking the engine parts. And we're going to tell you or about the seals. where you can find the tests that the industry does to determine how much of your motor isn't in your motor anymore, mm-hmm. but it's floating around in your coolant. Well, now, wait a minute. If you replace the coolant, aren't you getting rid of some of your engine? Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So you have to, you have to monitor. Make your bike lighter, and lighter's faster. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's true. That's true. You have to monitor the pH yeah. of the coolant, mm-hmm. the concentration of the coolant, yep. and how much of... The metal has been absorbed into the cooler. Exactly right. I have one of those little tester thingies. You should, guys should whip it out balls? and try it out. The balls? Specific. Do you know no, what no, those no. tests? Is it a hygrometer? You need a, spectro- you need a spectrometer. So the height. Okay. Yeah. Right. You can so, actually see like metal in there. A refractometer. There you go. That's what I was looking for. Thank you. Oh. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah. So, this is the tech tip. Yeah. yeah. Sunday. So a refractometer. That sounds like more than just a tip. <laughs> you might have got. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You might have got all the way to the taint that, on that. That's one. balls Ooh. deep, right? <laughs> so a refractometer is something that people who work with a lot of coolant will own. They're not expensive to buy. The whole idea is really you're just looking at light passing through the coolant, and the idea is there's a small reticle inside of there, and when you look at the reticle, the reticle will tell you based on where the light is passing through the coolant you've put in it. I like to call it a rectacle. It's a rectacle. <laughs> it's a regulator rectum fryer. The uh, you when you look through the reticle, you'll be able to see the effective concentration of uh, particulate. No, it's it's more the it's more the effective the way that the light is being changed as it goes through substance other than just water. Right. Okay. So, and like when you get a rainbow and stuff a lot like of people that. do feel like that's the best possible way to test the strength or the the health of coolant. Uh, but there's also a good concept of it's just a decent idea to get rid of it. So you don't like the balls? 
So the balls, the, the, what the balls were all specific about, gravity. Was, yes, that was all about comparing the specific gravity of a thing, because there were three little balls in mm -hmm. a in a, a pipette, mm -hmm. and you would suck the coolant in there, and the balls were set up to float at different levels of water concentration. It actually has a mm -hmm. dolly thing, but it's yep. the same principle. The Preston ones had a dial. And they had a big turkey baster ball on them. And you'd suck the fluid up into them. And the, the dial was basically just a float that was weighted a certain way. Temple. And it would float a certain level in water. And it would not float a certain level with more something other than water in it. And didn't that indicate freeze point? It Essentially, the idea was with the Prestone thing, the scam was that the, the lower the ball, the lower the thing sat, the better your freeze point would be in your antifreeze. That was the thing that when they sold you that Prestone device. All that was nothing to do with the acidity level. Has nothing to do with the corrosion level or cooling. But is antifreeze freezing the only thing that antifreeze does? I'm so glad you asked. Because as it turns out, I have graphic training aids. So the first graphic training aid is But Phil, this is a podcast. People are only listening. But you know what? Through the magic of my descriptive techniques <laughs> so the first product i've had out there um which i, I didn't have uh, i didn't bring out any distilled water but distilled water it turns out is actually the very best thing at converting heat in one place to cooling i had except a guy for mercury well except for mercury i knew a guy who, who ran <laughs> hot rods you know where he got right. his distilled water out of <laughs> His uh, dehumidifier. Exactly. Sure. He would take dehumidifier water, and that's yeah. what he filled up his. As long as it water. hasn't sit it for, as long as it hasn't sat for too long, mm -hmm. it, it is mm -hmm. a very good mm -hmm. source of cheap or aka free distilled free. water. Yeah. Now here's the reason that why do you think that distilled? Why do you think everybody says distilled water? If the product I'm holding up right now is called Redline Water Wetter, and this the reason I'm holding it up is because this isn't one of those archaic industry standard items. So there's Redline. There's uh, every company that you can imagine that makes anything. Uh, Amsoil makes their version. There's a purple ice product. Why do you look at him when I said Amsoil? Because he's, <laughs> he's an old white man. You figure as soon as Thanks, I said Johnny. Amsoil three times, yeah. he would show up and sell he's me the something. One Amsoil, Amsoil, Amsoil. Steve clicks his heels together and poof. <laughs> so we, first thing we have to say is we have to say... We have a radiator on our bike. The radiator exists, and the radiator will have a pressurized cap on the radiator and then an overflow, or maybe there will be an overflow with a pressurized cap on it. The idea is that most radiator systems work better when they're pressurized, when oh, they're allowed. Say, Go ahead. A liquid under pressure boils at a much exactly. higher Right, and I was going to say that. I was going to say the reason each, they're pressurized. Each pound, I think, raises the boiling temperature by 10 degrees. Is it 10? Okay. Yeah, 10 degrees. Yeah. Uh, traditionally speaking, if you can create two or three pounds of pressure in an environment that you're going to raise that water temperature, the ability of the water to boil at 212 now will boil at 212 or 213 or 214 or 215. And the idea is that... Is it 220? What's that? Is what water boils at? 220? 212. 212. 212. Yeah, okay. 212. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. So 100 degrees centigrade. Yep. Yeah. So the. Uh, That's at sea level. At sea level. At sea level. Okay. Exactly. In Lakewood. That's a very good point to bring up. There are factors, though. Altitude, and everything like that. And then the idea is now what can we do to change that? Now, the first thing is how much do we want to change that? Because maybe getting your water up to a good temperature or up to a hot temperature is important. 
maybe we want to have the ability to get optimal thermal transfer. You're probably not doing your engine a service by right. pulling out the thermostat and making it run cold. Right. Your engine probably isn't running right unless it, it's running exactly at what it's supposed Certain, to, yeah. the temperature it's supposed that, to that run That is at. exactly right. And it turns out that motors tend to run really fantastic between 220 and 275 degrees. Different motors, different temperatures, somewhere in between. But the optimal operating temperature, when a motor is considered to be warmed up, is when that motor, the water jacket around it, the ambient temperature of the water is somewhere between 220 and 265 degrees. And what we know about that is that's above boiling. Mm -hmm. So we need to now have some system in place other than just the water itself to cool that water perpetually to keep that temperature. Because once again, 220 is higher than 212. So Cl Closed system under pressure. Exactly. So mm -hmm. if you can put the system under pressure, you can then very cheaply without adding anything to the motor other than just water. Distilled water, why? Well, we don't want all the agents. What things are in tap water, Steve? What things get added to tap water that are different than... than, than fecal matter out in fluoride. <laughs> Steve, Steve actually doesn't deal with tap water. No, but it's calcium, magnesium, exactly. permanganate, iron, iron. salt, chlorine, salt, chloride, sodium, fluoride. Well, I mean, that's what they add to it, but right. when you, yeah. your, source water, your source water, depending if it's hard or or If solid. I draw a gallon of water off my tap to in put Oberlin. it in the radiator of my motorcycle. In Oberlin. What, in Oberlin. <laughs> Not in Flint, Michigan. Right. What <laughs> things am I adding? Well, then the bike won't go because it's so full of lead. That's right. The, uh, <laughs> hey, unleaded water. What a great idea. Well, so, they test for hardness, too. The so idea is that... Tap water and distilled water are two totally different things. Distilled water is pure water. Yeah. The idea hydrogen is, and oxygen. Although yeah. it could contain aromatic hydrocarbons. Hey. Okay, Mr. Flavors. Smarty Pants. Reverse osmosis water through car and carbon filter would be better. So But the whole idea is that that water that you're putting in, if you're doing it by the book and you're doing distilled water, which by the way Unless you live somewhere that the water in your radiator will freeze, that's totally the thing to do. Unless you're worried about corrosion. Mm. So, believe it or not, people that run drag bikes and people that run race cars and people that run Dawkins things, the thing that they use in their radiators is distilled water. What they will do is they'll add an additive to, additive to it like water wetter which does help bring down the temperature or makes the water a little more wet, for lack of a better term. I think it breaks the surface. surface it does. Tension. Well, that's and what I was going to say, like galvanization or whatever. And it also has an anti-corrosive agent in here, which we'll talk about later as to why that anti-corrosive agent is so important when your coolant becomes 6 or 7 or 8 or 9 or 10 years old, okay, and why that can cost you a motor, okay? Okay. Uh, but just water, distilled water, if you don't live somewhere that doesn't freeze, it's totally okay. You're better off, too, because it, the heat transfer in just distilled water is better than having ethylene glycol in with that. Because ethylene glycol transfers heat like 30% less efficiently than just yes, water. Yes, that's exactly right. And so any of the anything that calls itself antifreeze, anything that has ethylene glycol or methyl glycol in it, is going to be not very good at taking the heat away. Like Dustin's vape. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out he's just running a very effective 
cooling system. He's never going to overheat. Open loop he won't water. overheat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Say I live somewhere warm. Yep. And I have just water in my radiator. You're fine. And what? Well, what if I go north and it freezes? Would that then cause, you got a problem? Would that cause? Well, not even running the engine. Would that like cause things to rupture? Well, that's yes. why. Yes. That's why a lot of motors have built into the motor a freeze plug. Hmm. Who here has ever found out the evils of the freeze plug? Yeah. One one night I did. <laughs> I went to a fraternity party. And so, I... yeah, the freeze plug is an item that was installed Popsicle on... into what? <laughs> and guess what? A freeze plug yeah. doesn't always protect your motor. No, it doesn't. Because the no, only oh, area... Boy, that's that's true. The only area that... Have, and to tell you what a freeze plug is... There are plenty of is, boat owners who will tell oh, yeah. you that yep, freeze plugs I, I, do not here. As a car owner, I'll motor. tell you. Yep. <clears throat> a freeze plug... I mean, the, the industry has kind of adopted the name freeze plug. Mm-hmm. Welch plug, soft plug. Soft plug. That hole isn't... It's not it big enough. It isn't Isn't it big enough. Yeah. It isn't always strategically placed. Yep. And mm-hmm. the reason they're really there, taken from someone who's worked in a casting plant, yep. is to get the fucking core sand To out get of the, the core sand. Exactly. I mean, yep. the only reason they machine them and push a, push a plug into them is to cover the goddamn hole. Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and even if it protects the case, it's not going to protect the radiator. Yeah. And yeah. It's going to protect a four-inch area around where the freeze plug is. Yeah. When that water expands, it's going to go out the freeze plug. But the rest of the motor, when that water expands, mm-hmm. unless there's a freeze plug every eight inches, yeah. no, the motor's going to have a crack in yeah, it. Yeah, they're, they're not, they're not yeah. literally, I know everybody right. does call them freeze plugs. Yeah. That's not their purpose. That's not what they do. Not at all. Yeah. That's not what they do. Remember it's a convenient spot. <laughs> Forget you and your impenetrable multi-chambered hull. Now, Let me ask a question, yeah. though. When, when, when you guys are saying that distilled water is more efficient than glycol, mm-hmm. so in the brewing industry, yeah. with all their <clears throat> chillers, they're yeah. all glycol jacketed. Exactly. Which is tremendously more expensive to yes, it is. fill them up with glycol yep. than with distilled water. Why would that be then? Because they don't want it to freeze. Right. They're running they, at a lower temperature. They want to be able to go under could. 32 degrees. Yeah. So the idea would be to have glycol or something into it. Because with water, you can get down to 32 degrees and the water stops moving. And everything becomes inefficient. Everything stops. But you use mercury. (laughs) (laughs) We use mercury. We make our beer. Right. But the idea is if you can use any agent or water with salt in it, like we used to make ice cream when we were kids, you used water with salt in it because then you could lower the vessel chamber to something below 32 degrees. You could get down to 26 or 27 degrees so that the water and the ice remained fluid and would transfer energy very efficiently however the milk and uh sugar and everything inside would become frozen so it's the same reason when you're in the brewing industry or anything that involves cooling something down real quick if we have a dozen beers in a cooler and we put a bucket a bag of ice in the cooler those beers are going to get cold at a certain speed if we throw a couple handful of rock salt in that ice these beers are going to get cold much much faster because it melts the yep. ice faster, yep. it absorbs heat faster. And our overall temperature, the freezing point drops below 32. So now we can get that yes. temperature in the cooler lower than the temperature of the ice. Oh, Lower than the temperature of ice? You bet it. We can get drop down to 27, 28 degrees, mm-hmm. which gives us an advantage when we're trying to chill our beer. Yeah, they'll be a little salty. So if you're trying, no, to well, only if you're putting the beer in. Yeah, right. <laughs> the water will be salty. But the phase yeah. change causes. It'll yeah, taste yeah. a little salty. The phase right. change adds additional energy. Yep. to it absorbs. Yep. If you're trying to chill them fast. Which, All right, I've learned my one so. thing for the day. Yeah, late heat of freezing. So, yeah, so okay. if you're trying to chill them fast, two bags of ice, a thing of Morton salt, right. and get cans. Get cans. 
because the aluminum superconductor transfers heat much better than glass. Superconductor. What about a butt plug? Well, that never right? well, that never hurts That's the person unless you put it in your shirt. It's, 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 it's always recommended to keep salt away from your butt plug. <laughs> so true. That's do you have what, firsthand experience? Whatever you like. Okay. So now here's the real. This is a real problem. We have something that's old that's been in the system for a while. First of all, if you do live somewhere that it gets freezing temperatures, well then you can't just use water in this, because if you use water in this. You're going to have a frozen block. And this, we're talking water wetter. And this is water wetter. Right? So water wetter. It's pink. It looks like you should drink it. It's delicious. But here's the thing about water wetter. You know, this container of water wetter will make four gallons of coolant. Hmm. Your bike doesn't take four gallons. No, it doesn't. And the deal with this stuff is that... Their claim to flame... flame. (laughs) (laughs) Take two. Improves the ability of coolant to wet heat transfer surfaces by 50%. That's a pretty major claim. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a pretty goddamn major claim. And their big thing is that if you do 50% glycol... That that you do. Yeah, so well. If you do 50% glycol, 50% water, which is your average jug Mm -hmm. of Prestone, Mm -hmm. that that is going to be a 228-degree operating system. They're saying that the ambient temperature in that system is going to be 228 degrees. They're saying that I've the, checked around. Boil. It's pretty close. Okay. Right? At, yeah, at it'll sea, boil at that at point. At sea level with no pressure. Operating temperature. I assume mm-hmm. the problem with your coolant boiling is that you go from being liquid-cooled to, to air-cooled. Air-cooled exactly. or vapor. Steam, steam doesn't And that's cool not as efficient. Well. It doesn't cool at all. <laughs> right. Once right. you Once reach the boiling too. point, no matter exactly. what the boiling point yes. is, it's, and we're gonna talk about it's going to expand. It's going to become a gas. Exactly. Now... Water and water wetter, according to their nerds, according to their nerds, this product runs at 202 degrees Fahrenheit. Hmm. Now, that's a 26-degree jump. So, based on that alone, if you believe the marketing that this product and distilled water, which this product is $14 for a 12-ounce bottle, about a buck an ounce, but this bottle will create four gallons. Now, four gallons of actual coolant is going to cost you more than $14. And this, according to their science, is going to produce a 26-degree cooler run. I can tell you from racing motorcycles for years, most racetracks will allow only water or water and water wetter in your cooling system on the racetrack. Because if you show up with coolant or antifreeze, and you crash, that shit is all over the track. Oh. And ethylene glycol is slippery as fuck. I think anyone can attest to that. <clears throat> You've never been out on a ride. Yep. Put came your foot to down. A stop sign or a turnpike toll booth or something, and you, you hit a spot of antifreeze, right. and you're, you shit yourself because you, oh, yeah. either the tires squirt out from under you or your foot squirts out from mm-hmm. under you. So for a long time, whatever my track day bike was or my, my racing season bike was, my, my bike, because the tracks I would run on, had a rule about water wetter. So I would have this in my motorcycle. The problem with this is it is very, very bad at keeping the water from freezing. Mm-hmm. So that you must make sure that if you're going to use water wetter or one of these products, that you drain that shit out before winter, and then you put in your Prestone-type coolant, what have you, in. Now, can I just use regular Prestone coolant? No. You can't. Why? Well, it turns out that 
our motorcycles have a lot of kind of somewhat fragile things inside of them to make them lighter. The whole trick with motorcycles is we can't build the motors out of pig iron like a car motor because they would just be too fucking heavy. So the interest is to make the motorcycle engines lighter and they tend to run at a higher temperature or at higher RPM than a car motor. And because of that, we do want to be a little bit careful about our coolant selection. The stuff that we use around here, which is pretty rad and pretty cheap, is this Maxima. Uh, Maxima product is called Coolinol. And this stuff is already blended. You don't need to do anything with it whatsoever. I like and that because you don't want to take your coolant, right? put in a half a gallon of that, yep. and then add a half a gallon of tap water because exactly. you're introducing you're contaminants. Problem. And, and the only thing... So this, well, right. you can use distilled water or yeah. you can buy pre Or you can buy this premix. pre-mix. And so this is for two quarts. Now, most motorcycle cooling systems run between one and four quarts in a traditional motorcycle cooling system. So even if you have a a big motorcycle, the big cooling system, you're going to be using two of these containers. That's four quarts. It's going to cost you about 32 bucks. For this product, you need to add nothing else to it. It's Maxima Coolinol. It is coolant. It is winter and summer. So it is coolant and it is also antifreeze. In one product, it is engineered for the motorcycle industry. It is going to be safe for the inside of your motor. Well, what about the inside of my motor? Corrosion tests. Okay, so there in the industry, there are many tests to see how corrosive a thing is. How do you think they test how corrosive this product is? You're going to love it. They put a they piece of your... aluminum in a beaker and see how long it takes for it to deteriorate? Not far off. They take a puck. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. take a puck of aluminum. It's a sacrificial anode. Mm-hmm. And they put it into the product at 270 degrees Fahrenheit, mm. 275 Fahrenheit. They probably weigh the puck first. They do, and yeah. that's what we're going to tell yeah. you. Mm-hmm. It's a set puck. Mm-hmm. It's a test puck. And it's at 28 PSI. That 28 PSI is rather high compared to most coolant systems. Mm-hmm. The well, system's under like 28 pounds of pressure? Because if the temperature's pressure? that high, they have to keep it at 28 PSI. Exactly. Mm-hmm. In order to have the system at 28 PSI, pounds per square inch, twice Two, two bars. Two atmospheres. Two atmospheres. At 275 degrees Fahrenheit, at two atmospheres, for one fucking week. Jeez. Not an hour, not, not, not a day, a week. And then they measure the puck again. Mm-hmm. If, the pug, if the puck has lost less than one milligram, it's considered to have passed the test, and the coolant is safe for use in that vehicle. <clears throat> to give you an idea... Wait, in, what, if, what, if, what if it gains a, a million? <laughs> oh what, did, what did it start out how, how, how heavy? Cool. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because the loss is what they're measuring. Yeah. I'm sure they have a stat. Well, one standard. milligram is a percentage of it. No, one milligram is one milligram. The water circulated. But yes. Based on the surface area. If you put one milligram in it and it lost one milligram, you'd have lost 100%. Right. It's based on the surface area of the puck. But right. is, it all, is it also circulated? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it's. I don't know. I would imagine they'd have to circulate. Well, once again, circulate not relevant. Bill, were you there discussion. or weren't you there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know he can get the job, the but puck? can he do the job? Where did you get this black magic? I mean, there, there's the chemical <laughs> composition of that, but there's also the old... Uh, we can talk about that or we can get on to something far more interesting. Huh. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. No, trust me. Trust me. Where I'm going is about to blow your mind. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it is. Brace if yourselves. you put that oh, puck, if you put that puck in water wetter, 
right? I'm mean, just using water wetter. Just There's straight water wetter or water, water wetter with in the correct water. mix. Okay, right. In its correct application mix, it will lose 0.21 milligrams. In other words, wow. one fifth of the allowable amount for it to lose. If you put it in regular water, distilled water, mm. would you like to know how much it will lose? The allowable loss is one milligram. Three. Four milligrams. Wow. 400% still more not even tap water. That is for one week inside your motor. 400% what's allowed times one-fifth yeah. what you start with but, water wetter. I mean, yeah. that, that's but, like, but distilled water is slightly uh, acidic. It's still water. Yeah, it's still water. It's still H2O. It's slightly acidic, yep. but it also uh, it leaches the metal out. And it has an oxidizer. Right. Because right. it's H2O. Right. So the point being that even if you use distilled water, you're still losing four times the allowable amount of aluminum to leave your motor just through leaching out of your motor. So that's, some, that's a good argument why a product like this, which conditions the water, is better than strict, strictly, strictly straight tap water. Forget about the motor. What yeah. about your aluminum core radiator? radiator. Yeah. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah. already yeah, yeah, yeah. super yeah. thin. Yeah. 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 And exactly. That's right. what, that's it's, what I was going to go. It's super crazy fragile. Super crazy fragilistic. You think that explosions even though this happened, but something quite atrocious. You think that that's probably the weakest link in the cooling system? I think it might be. It's certainly the thinnest piece of aluminum I've ever seen. But but the reason too is, and when we're talking about the fin, like if you had a a air cooled motor with the big fins, the giant fins. If you look at a radiator, it's just a surface area. It's a million of tiny fins, right? And one little dog weighs as much as a bunch of big dogs. Big but those dogs also work in the house. Dogs. <laughs> those were only subject to air and heat from the inside. There was no water that was constantly wicking away that aluminum. Right. The air going across right. is not wicking away the well, aluminum. What I'm saying is that you're taking like erosion, having, like the desert. Uh, you dissipate. <laughs> saying. Uh, you have to have huge fins right. that are less efficient in taking you have this much surface area in fins. Mm-hmm. But in a radiator, you increase your surface area surface like amazing. ten times. Yeah. A radiator. So, the whole design of a, a modern motorcycle or car radiator is to fit thousands of square inches of space into something that fits in a one foot by one inch space. It's kind of amazing. It's like taking a really big piece of paper it is, and, folding, and folding, it folding it all up. A thousand times. Yeah. Now, none of that matters. <laughs> Aluminium <for> origami. <laughs> yeah, baby. None of that matters for us because it gets cold here. Sure does. Mm-hmm. It sure does. Mm-hmm. So everything that we talked about previously is all like you know measuring unicorn horn, because the fact is we're using <laughs> antifreeze. <laughs> we are using motherfucking antifreeze. Right. We in our neighbor in our neighborhood, unless we want to freeze our block and crack our block, we're going to be using antifreeze in our bike. You knocked and, my block off. Right. And this is antifreeze. So this is Motul, and Motul charges the princely sum of between ten and thirteen dollars for one liter of coolant. And uh, you're gonna think that's expensive to put like sixty bucks or forty bucks worth of coolant in your bike. That's cheap compared to BMW castings. Yes, <laughs> super cheap. Uh, Motul earns the uh, earns the qualification of being basically rated JIS standard for every goddamn thing on the planet. There is nothing you can't put this shit in. I looked it up, and it's it's safe for Cummins diesel engines. It's safe for little tiny twenty thousand RPM. <laughs> Motors. I put that shit in everything. Yeah, you put it on. It's like <laughs> sriracha. It's very hot, actually. And yeah, and the point is that this shit runs at negative thirty-five degrees 
Frankenstein all the way up to positive 275 degrees Frankenstein, which is like, you know, 135 degrees science. Okay, so this stuff has an extremely wide range of operation. And, again, totally safe for your motor. Uh, this is, but, Phil, I'm cheaper than that, you asshole. Yeah. I'm going you to fuck, that fuck right. you. I'm fuck going you. to AutoZone. I'm going to AutoZone. I'm just going to buy something off the shelf there. And you can. Antifreeze is antifreeze. Fuck is you. Antifreeze. I think fuck anything I buy off the yeah. shelf there is made... Cars got aluminum motors now. Yes, they do. So why would that hurt my mic? Excellent point. Or your Look at every <laughs> car manufacturer has their own specification for antifreeze they do. now. GMS, Dex Cool. Yep. Everyone has their own. Ford has whatever they use. Motocron or whatever they have. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. Uh, Fucking boo bullshit. Motocraft. <laughs> <laughs> when Volkswagen first went to a water-cooled van, the Vanagon. Yep. Coolant issues were huge on that because they what they did was essentially it was take a it, stupid fucking vehicle. That's a, why <laughs> but they, they put a slump, a slightly half air cooled motor in the back. Exactly <laughs> because they took a mostly a aluminum and magnesium air cooled motor, yeah. air -cooled motor right. which still had um, they put water jackets around it. <laughs> that was about <laughs> all they did. Then you had to have a special coolant, which yeah. was probably similar to a motorcycle coolant. Oh, sure just it was. a guess here. Yeah. I'm going to So th there's a difference between yeah. old-fashioned coolants yeah. and coolants that are specific to aluminum engines. Which Did you know that coolants come in different colors? Yes. Yes. What colors have you seen of coolants? Pink. Orange. Green. Green. Anyone else? Green. Blue. Blue? Yellow. 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 No, that's Yellow windshield washer fluid. <laughs> Wait, wait, I was just saying, I've seen brown My shit dog. drain out, right? Yeah. My dog thinks yellow tastes the best. <laughs> oh, 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 we're going to hell. It smells slightly sweet. When I saw the dog drinking it, I was so actually it tempted out, to taste there it was, There was actually an industry standard years ago mm. about the color of your coolant. Yep. And most companies have abandoned it now um, for like a marketing thing. It turns out that pink and orange was long-life coolant, and it was generally formulated to last over five years. And that blue and green was traditional uh, DOT automotive coolant. So that was uh, SAE automotive coolant was blue and green. Uh, and that's, you know, and then we've had motorcycles with, you know, the Piaggios all have pure blue coolant, um, Smurf blue coolant. Let's say that, that bright green orange. coolant was made for a, an iron block and, yeah. a, and a brass radiator. And a brass radiator. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then we started yep. introducing aluminum into right. the... And the aluminum. So here's the way to do it, is regardless of the color, if you must buy coolant at AutoZone, they, I did look today when I was over there, they do make a Japanese car coolant. And I'm not joking, there is a green label on the, the gallon jug that says Japanese car coolant. It doesn't just say Jap car coolant. I was going to say <laughs> it just has a picture of Godzilla on it. Yeah, that was it. That would be rock auto. Yeah, rock auto. Right, exactly. There's a, just a picture of Godzilla on it, but there's a green band on it, and there's a green band on it, and it says Japanese uh, Japanese car compliant, and it says. Uh, but the trick with that is it's all it's got to be silica free. So it has to be silica free, and the reason for the silica is silica isn't that like sand? It's exactly yeah, it like sand, yep. and it turns out that silica is something that they added to automotive coolants in the seventies and eighties to scrub your iron block. 
Bingo. Mm -hmm. It had mm -hmm. cleaning properties wow. and anti-corrosive properties. And I believe, going back to the Volkswagen days, yeah. they advertised theirs as being silica-free silica silica -free. Yeah. and also phosphate-free. Phosphate-free is another one, exactly. Because <laughs> phosphate's a cleaning agent. And the idea with phosphate, though, is it makes bubbles. Now, somebody earlier said the word cavitation. <coughs> we must be talking, talking about, about submarines. No. Mm -hmm. Turns out... Did you know that cavitation wasn't what I thought it was? I thought cavitation was just cavitation air means being churned yeah. instead of water. I had mm. thought that cavitation was an impeller that was thirsty. So an impeller that wasn't getting the correct amount of mm -hmm. water but was getting air instead, mm. it would be happily spinning the air and the water thing. couldn't get in and that it would lead to a lack of cooling in the motor because... The air was getting spun around, keeping the water from entering the impeller, mm -hmm. and the water that needed to be there wasn't there because of cavitation. Like when you spin a boat propeller too fast and you just make whipped, you know, you just make, you know, dairy whip instead of making power. I didn't know that cavitation is about bubbles. And bubbles busting. And bubbles breaking. Mm -hmm. <gasps> so we deal with that all the time. You just burst my bubble. You totally burst my bubble, which turns out is a bad thing sounds, if it happens a lot. It sounds so insignificant. It does. It, it eats holes in the liners of semi-trucks. Yep. I mean, he knew about it. Why didn't you? <laughs> Once again, I had a customer explain trail breaking me the other day completely wrong. Okay. <laughs> and it sounded believable. Like if somebody would have explained trail breaking Was you this way. Was he wearing a pith helmet? He was not wearing a pith helmet, but he did have a completely backwards, you know, the Harley-Davidson world had taught him trail braking involved only the rear brake. But anyway. I thought that was making a new trail through the woods. Anyway, but, but once again, I had thought cavitation meant the loss of coolant efficiency due to the lack of bleeding of a brakes or a cooling system because there was air where the water needed to be. Sounds reasonable. It does. Cavitation. I know what cavitation looks like. Turns out, John, Chrome. Steve's the one that brought it up. Talk about cavitation. Because yeah. I think podcast listeners, their head is going to explode. It's not talk, air man. being sucked into the system. It's it's basically the the water particle turns in, turns into vaporizes at a point on the cylinder wall, and when it the, the uh, pressure created at that point of vaporization basically takes part of the metal off the cylinder wall. It's an explosion. It's a whole bunch of miniature explosions. Microscopic, yeah, microscopic explosions. Yeah. Huh. And it takes and away your motor. Is that like the sizzle I feel on my tongue when I drink a cold Coke? <laughs> <laughs> is I that cavitation? But yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's more like coolant. Pop Rocks. It's killing you one Coke Extended wave coolant actually has something in it to... Uh, coat the walls. That in, so basically, what it does is it coats the cylinder walls the, the, in the water jacket, so that if cavitation occurs or if and when, when it occurs, right. it's going to occur depending on the position of the cylinder. I mean, certain cylinders are more prone to have cavitation than other cylinders, but what it basically does is it forms a coating on the wall, so when it cavitates, it removes the coating instead, instead of, of the metal. The so metal. it buffers and, the metal. Right, and Holy different shit. companies use different uh, tech, different companies use different types of chemicals. Like there's a phosphate, there's some type of phosphorus coating that uh, like Napa uses. Okay, and then for so everybody motor, has their own suit. And Motorcraft uses a combination of phosphorus and ma manganese. Manganese, 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 manganese I've seen for so, permanganese. 
so there's actually you could test for that too. Yeah. There's test strips that yep. you uh, strips. Yeah, yeah and, and then it'll give you the ratio of phosphorus or it'll give you the ratio of manganese to whatever in the coolant so that you know you, you can maintain that level of uh, and then, and then, is 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 this gonna be on the final? Well <laughs> but here is an interesting thing. Too much and in then you though. add well I was gonna say then you add to your system just X, X container of whatever like the stuff I used to use in the truck was uh, now cool. Right. Yeah. It's and that basically three different levels of purple shit that you pour in. And that brings it back up to But you can't add too much. Because what happens is if you add too much, it uh, precipitates out, and then you're back to the argument of having silicates. It's like adding uh, you're adding abrasive abrasive to it. Holy shit! You have to maintain it at a specific level in uh, the cooler. But I would like to never have to worry about this. It becomes a super big deal too in like the truck industry because millions of miles. The engine goes a million miles between overhauls, right? Right. And it's going a million miles in five or ten years. Right, but it and also so is the life of the compression cool. pressure too, and it's more likely in a diesel. Uh, cavitation is much more likely in a diesel or in a turbocharged vehicle than it would be in a uh, like a ten to eleven to one engine. Is it's right. less likely than in a sixteen, you know, to twenty to one engine because right. uh, it's it has something to do with uh, uh, the frequency of. Oh, the literally sound waves that are coming yeah, off yeah. of a very fast-moving piston. Right. A very fast-moving piston. High compression. Or high compression yeah. piston. So like a bigger bang. That knock. A bigger well, bang. And it's, it's cylinder wall design, okay. too. I mean, it's, right. it has a, there's a, a million factors that go into it, but certain engines, like the 7.3, is very susceptible to cavitation. Anything with, anything with wet liners is yeah. really susceptible. So we're talking basically about the Ford 7.3 liter turbo diesel engine here. Well, that's, yeah, that's not a wet liner That's what engine, he's but mentioning. Yeah, that's, what yeah. that's not a wet liner. So here's a question for you, now just for everybody. What do you think the service interval is, hmm. based on your manufacturer, of the coolant in your motorcycle? I've checked with nine different motorcycles in this room, 15,000 miles. No, I've checked to see what the, and I'm going to do it only in years. What is the correct period of years that you should change your coolant? I'm going to say most manufacturers will say two years. Okay. Anyone else? Go. Sim is two. Yep. I know that for sure. I'm, I'm going every year. 24 months. Once a year. Um, I'm going to say 30 years. It based on experience? It turns out I was able to find... This is based on air cool. I'm going to say you should order. never right. change it. You should leave the original factory <laughs> it, According to your CV1. Right, it works fine. It it just about everything I own, actually. Yeah. But what? You, but here's the thing: is you could change that coolant, and then you could recast the particulate in the <laughs> coolant into a second into motor. another motor. It'll yeah. bring the value it's down like, if I change the coolant. It's like the Terminator. Yeah. It's stop. Pour the coolant on the ground, and it forms into a new motor. You just put that one. There's so much motor in your coolant; it's ridiculous. But you got that overbore you always wanted. <laughs> right. Although it's on the outside, yeah. right. it's the outside no added displacement. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now here's the thing. Oh, he drops the coolant in his bike. He's going to lose like twelve pounds of, of motor. Like, it's, <laughs> bike's going to be so much faster. See we can't change the coolant in ourselves. So I found that I found that just about every bike in here, seven of the bikes in here were uh, two years. So they all have two year coolant intervals. But what uh, if I don't ride at one mile in two years? Mm. So that is going to... So, oh, but back to my story. So seven of the bikes that I was able to test had checked the manuals on two-year, and then two of them had three-year coolant intervals. Mm. The, the, 
the two that had three-year cool intervals were both Hondas. So Honda has given you 50% more of a lifespan, projected lifespan in your coolant. So we have this thing that's been happening. So I got that going for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. 50%. <laughs> come on. The, uh, so we went from two to three, and that was great 30-some years ago. The uh, 38 years ago. Was badass. <laughs> the, uh, no, his bike's probably only 28 years old at this point. The, uh, it's like 100% better than nothing. It is. <laughs> <laughs> One is 100% better than zero. The, uh, now, check this out. We've had a number of bikes in the past year come in with less than 4,000 miles, but having blown out water pumps. Because these hmm. bikes are all curiously between 8 and 12 years old. Is it the seals or the metal parts? It is corrosion on the metal parts destroying the seals. Hmm. Well, I was going to say that that's a facet of the coolant is actually to help lubricate the seals. It is. Yes. It absolutely is. And a lot of lubricant. coolant has lubricant. Because I've noticed yeah. every car that I've... fires in it. And I've tried this experiment. I've ran water in my Jeep and... Yep. You know what? Not too much longer, and then your water pump goes. Yes, and that, and very that's, quickly. That's because yeah. probably the seal went bad, and the bearing rusted out, and I don't know. And this is where the the fellow that came in today was yelling at me because his bike only had four thousand miles on it. How is it possible that his eleven year old bike <laughs> with only four thousand miles on it was pissing coolant out of his water pump housing? Well, because... Was that a BV? Because, sir, we checked your bank account, and we realized you have excess cash. <laughs> your wallet was ask, too heavy. Ask yeah. a KTM owner. They're, right. they, they They're notorious for it. BMW 650s with the Rotax engine. Also eat water yeah. pumps. Yeah. I think the degradation of the coolant is a factor mm-hmm. in water pump failure, but I also believe that like interval between use is another factor. Yeah, absolutely. Because if it's just sitting in one position... shit dries out. So yeah. my CB1 yeah. sat for 12 years right. without being run. So yep. in that 12 years, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. That coolant's perfectly fine. And not, what, not, only did, not, only did, <laughs> not only did condensation happen, <laughs> but there was a literally fingers of corrosion going out from your iron chrome-plated water pump shaft... Into your seal, mm-hmm. yeah. So it was literally trying to reach out and to hold onto that seal. Is anybody interested you... in buying a CB1? <laughs> <laughs> when you started that motor for the first time, it ripped that rubber right out. Yeah. It's like yeah. ah! well maintained. <laughs> Pull the scab off. Yeah. So after that's all, a good analogy. So yeah. after all, all those yeah. scab off. Will will these coolants break down and separate yeah. into their so? So what if will it's just sitting there? What's the, the worst law thing of entropy? Well, and the law of entry, but more importantly, the law of condensation. So anytime you have a vessel and there's a difference, a variance between the temperature of the outside of the vessel and the inside of the vessel, you're going to have condensation. And when that condensation pulls moisture out of the atmosphere, it doesn't push it back into the atmosphere. That moisture stays in there. And all we need to do is measure the oil after wintertime compared to what it was like before wintertime. Where we are here, where it's not uncommon to have a 45-degree day, but a 25-degree night. And when we cross that bridge of freezing temperatures, that, thank you. That's exactly right. No, you're... Ble- it doesn't even have to be fr- freezing temperatures. Yep. Like last night here in yep. Cleveland, it was, say, 50 degrees mm-hmm. overnight. And today, this afternoon, 75. Yeah. 75. Right. You're 20, you have a 20-degree jump. Right. Right. 
And this makes all the difference in the world. And you're putting water, and you're putting not distilled water, you're putting water out of the air, plus the contaminants, into your either oil supply or your coolant supply. Or your gas tank. Or your gas tank. And the point is, it doesn't belong in any one of these three places. And eventually, that's why Grandpa would get out that, you know, that refractometer or get out that uh, that uh, hygrometer and test these things to see the quality of his coolant. Put some mothballs in the gas tank. Put some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in summation, every two years, I should put a good quality, change my coolant, yeah, and have it changed. Coolant. And, and you should exercise coolant. that bike, too. Yeah. Because, so. like we're talking about mm-hmm. the seals yep. and the veins in the water pump, Keep mm-hmm. all that stuff exercised. Moved and lubed. Same thing like uh, your air conditioner in your car. Yep. Run your air conditioner in the winter. In the winter time. Yeah. Your four wheel drive system. Typically, a yeah. couple three times. You don't have to worry about that because when you put defrost. it on defrost, yeah. it, yes. it kicks yeah. on. Most the air modern cars do. Yeah, yeah that's that's I was just gonna say. It yeah. Depends on the age of the vehicle. Yep. So just so you know, <laughs> as, a, as a lover <laughs> of GL five hundreds. Yep. As a lover of GL five hundreds, the only motorcycle with a propeller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you acquire one, you should also go and acquire a mechanical seal and the water pump. Yeah, straight away. Gasket. <laughs> Immediately. It should just come with the mic. <laughs> maybe a charge maybe, maybe a stator, that. too. Yeah. Yeah, really. Right. stator. Yeah. <laughs> I've never met yeah. one that did. Like John says, yeah. he's never met a carburetor that didn't need cleaned. Never. I've never met a GL or CX500 that didn't need a stator. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I've always had luck with them yeah. by not just trying to go off and, I mean, just clean the carbs yeah. and starting it. I like to... Like just push it around a little. Uh, we kind of like slowly work that seal loose instead of just letting it. It's a lot like anal, Steve. Yeah, <laughs> you don't sneak up on it. I wouldn't know <laughs> anything about that. You got to take your time. I love those and earn it. I love those bikes, <laughs> Chris Smith. What is this? This is a demonstrative pronoun, like these. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Best wow. answer of the podcast. Woo! It's oh. a demonstrative pronoun. Fuck, when you're not asleep, you're not asleep. <laughs> wow, he is so not asleep didn't even miss right a now. beat there, yeah. So we have a mystery item, our mystery item, and then and just for the sake of the podcast and the notes, I will make sure we take a photograph yeah. of the mystery item. It um, came off of one of my bikes. So this came off of... <laughs> of a CB750. Yeah. Off a CB750. Allegedly. Okay. A 74. A seven... Boy, oh, what yeah. fun is that? <laughs> what do you ask Everyone got a shot at that, didn't they? That was so cool. Oscar, what is this? I have no idea. Nick, what is this? Well, I pulled it off of the motorcycle. So Nick knows. I, I know what it is. So what part of the motorcycle did that come off of, Nick? The wheel. The wheel. It did. Yeah. So it you did. had a CB750 with this wheel. device with yeah. installed like on the that. wheel. Mm-hmm. Sounds like somebody was doing burnouts. Sounds like somebody was building themselves a hell of a burnout bike because that is a rim lock. Yep. And that is Anyone what, that's spent time on a dirt bike. And I've seen those like made that. of aluminum, too. Yes. Vulcanized taco. It does look like So it was sort of close before before the podcast. I thought it was like, it had to do something with the wheel. So basically the idea behind a rim lock. I really don't know what it is for, but it's... Back in the old days when motorcycles had tubes, right? if you spun the rim and the rim did rapid acceleration Mm -hmm. and the tire was hanging onto the earth, 
very hard. Because it loved <laughs> it very yeah. much. And you aired it down the, the because you were riding the off road. Of the friction was greater between the tire and the earth than than the it was tire between the, the tire and the rib. What okay. would happen is the rim would rotate, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. tire would not, and right. it would rip the valve stem right out of the inner tube. And you would oh. suffer rapid deceleration and embarrassing yeah. rest of the day. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Deflation. Rapid <coughs> deflation. <laughs> so what some companies did was they installed this little fucking devilish device into the rim uh-huh. so that when you put the tube in, the tube would sit above this device and the tire would go around it. Uh-huh. And so the tire would sit like this. Uh-huh. And this bastard, the, the, screw go? <laughs> the screw goes out a hole in the rim. A second valve yes. stem. So yeah. when you look at a tire, okay, when you look okay, at the okay. wheel, you're going to be like, so weird, this yeah. wheel has two or maybe three valve stems. Well, only one of those is a valve stem. The, the other one or two. locking the fucking tube to the yeah, tire. true yeah. off-road bikes had two, two. of those. Yeah. Well, so you had the, a valve stem and then and two rim locks. At 90 degrees each way, yeah. you had yeah. two rim locks. Which is a... What we like to call... At, but you could also run four pounds of pressure. Yes. And as we used to call this, a horrible cunt. <laughs> changing a tire on the side of the trail with these oh, on, no. two of these on. That's horrible, horrible. I fucking hate those gonna, things. When you go to seat the beads, you just got to make sure to push this thing up. Right. You Before push it up yeah. to Before, get the yeah. tire right. bead locked down. That's, why the, the, that's why the threads yeah, are so fucking Yeah, and in the meantime, long. the fucking tube it's is trying, trying to push it down. It's trying to pinch your tube, yeah. Which, that's exactly uh, why I removed it from the CB750. I threw uh, it as far as you could throw it. Right. So right. sorry, whoever the current owner of my 74 CB750. They just have an extra hole in there. That was never a problem with my Well, yeah, but you have to cover it. Rim itself. It's steel. It's steel, steel rim. Okay. I hope you replace. Uh, I had two. I hope you replace those tubes with the two stem tubes and the two stem tubes. Yeah. <laughs> what? She goes both ways. Nitrogen in one for hole the, for the hot air and the colder. The gazenda and the gazada. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dude. So, so how did you? <laughs> that's brilliant. Nick, so how, how did you cover the? That's from MGO cover with anything. Well, it, it, you know, it has the rim strip, the rubber rim strip. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so that's, that's what's covering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But the idea behind these was all about that would just keep that, you know. And like I said, this one is plastic. This is rubber over plastic. This is actually fairly nice because it's got mm-hmm. a soft edge. Yeah. But the the ones that are full al- like an aluminum shoe, those. What? If you had a drag a bike, you would probably want that's those. Yeah, it's plastic. <laughs> yeah, if you're running a that fucking thing. You can't those aren't even your teeth. <laughs> yeah. You're using somebody else's teeth for that. And those <laughs> were probably <laughs> stolen from a dirt bike. At Anytime you're running yeah. low Star pressure teeth, in a tubed teeth. tire, you right. probably want that. Yes, Whether absolutely. it's a drag bike or a dirt bike that right. you're airing down so you can ride it. Because it does keep the tire from spinning, or the rim from spinning yeah. inside the tire, which is going to rip your valve stem out. Right. So, so you get better plastic? Is that one aluminum? Yeah, that's not, okay. But I mean, I've had ones that the whole goddamn thing was aluminum. I know. Not the, the, yes. this nice fancy rubber, the rubber Yeah, This is two different materials. Wow. Yeah. That's a hybrid. Steel, if you include the, the nut Three. And the bolt, my yeah. God. The cost of... Right. To, to my recollection, I know Kawasaki liked to use the... Aluminum mm-hmm. hoops, hoops on the CSRs. Yep. Street bikes always had those. Yep. People were like, "Well, yep. it's a street bike rim. It can't." Yeah, they all did. They all did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. They a lot did. of Akron rims like to use mm-hmm. those. Yeah. On my CD seven fifty, I had two rear wheels. Yeah. That I didn't have those on, but I had my tire inflated to regular pressure. Right. 
that I literally ripped the spokes out of the back wheels. Really? Doing burnouts. On a CB750. Yeah. All of 60 horses. So One time with my wife on the back. Leaving a bar. Yeah, blame her. And the guys, everybody pulled it in their Harleys and everything. I'm like, yeah, let's give them a good old school show of what CB750s can do. Right. Whoa, 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 whoa. dug out. And... So, you, you, you gave him a show. So I'm riding home. I'm like, you gave him a two up burnout. Two up burnout. Wow. Pulling mm. off the curb on four and a quarter inches of tire. Yep. Wow. And then uh, ran, rode home, and I'm like, this thing feels a little it funny feels and everything. Like a yeah. It's right. Right. Then like the next day, next day, I'm like, that spoke's broken. What the fuck? Oh, that one too. Oh wait, that. Oh, oh, really? Every barely made Holy shit. Yep. It's a good argument for cop stars. Did it twice. <laughs> twice. Yeah, the other argument for cop stars is, but you look like a loser. No, it's a good argument for the 16-inch Harley hoop. Lester's. Lester's. 16-inch Harley hoop on yeah. the on the CB7. Because well, those are those are indestructible. Are quarter <laughs> inch long. Short as my chalet. That's, that's right. And they're <laughs> when your spoke nipples touch each other, yeah. that's a short <laughs> spoke. Perfect spoke. <laughs> that's exactly it. But, yeah. but what about the air pressure, though? If you have those things in there or without them, do you change your... Oh, no, it gives you the ability to run, as Pete was saying. It gives you the ability to go into the danger zone mm, of air pressures. PSI, yeah. So normally with, with a motorcycle that doesn't have rim locks on mm-hmm. it, you would never want to go below 16 or 14 PSI, ever, under any circumstance. Because you get the thing Because right. you can lose yeah. the mm-hmm. tube to the tire-to-rim in- mm-hmm. relationship. If you go below 16 or 18 PSI, Mm. you know, in there, it's, that's just kind of a rule. But when you have rim locks in, you can go down to eight PSI and survive and get a lot of rubber on the ground Mm -hmm. and get a lot of knobs. A lot of hook. A lot of hook. Yeah. Oh, they dig in real good. (laughs) Plus soft tires roll over rocks and stuff. Yes, they do. So, you know what I mean? Like, and they'll crawl over. I mean, we don't have any, we don't have sheetrock around here. Like we don't have anything around here that resembles Moab, like where Mm -hmm. you just were. Mm -hmm. But when you're running in Moab kind of thing, you want to have a really good soft foot. That's that's it's a nice. thing. Mm-hmm. Think about like wrinkle wall drag car cool. tires or something. It makes your tires you like want... amoebas. Yeah, exactly. They'll 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 flex to fit whatever's on the ground. Yeah, and the wheel will not spin inside. But those of the most beam. of those have screws that go all the way around the rim. They do. Well, that's oh, a that's a different. Right this, is, this is easier than a screw. Either or. Yeah. yeah. So those are hundred screws. Those are on the on trucks. Those are bead locks, bead and you right. actually mm-hmm. what you have there is you can take the outer hoop of the rim completely off. Yep. You put the tire on. You put the beadlock on. The you tire cannot come off of that leave. rim. It's it doesn't it doesn't go on. It doesn't have the center offset like other normal tire wheels right. do. So once you put that hoop on, even if there's zero psi in it, it can't unbeat. It can't leave. It can't mm-hmm. leave the rim. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only way is to take the outer hoop out exactly. and pull it off. That's it. Until it blows up. It's fantastic. Does someone off, modify but... their current rims to add one of those? Yes. To them? Not a problem. Absolutely. Just drill a hole. Just drill a fucking hole. Drill a hole. One order one of these rim locks in. Or two. Or two. Or two. Yep. Just to keep balance yeah. and the weights. Right, yeah. Rebalance. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Especially if you're running something high speed on the road. Yep. Right. Um, or don't rebalance. 
That's what I do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if they're running 100%, if they're running 180 <laughs> degrees <laughs> off from each other, yeah. then usually yeah. even a decent tire balancing machine will well, You should have just peeled so like off a Vespa all the balancing Allstate needs one of those fucking things. Just yeah. Split rim, baby. Yeah. 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 That's it. Uh, that's <laughs> it. That's all we got. Anybody got anything else? I got one more thing. Yeah, far away. I changed a DGR tomorrow. Yeah. Bicycle tube uh, Sunday, 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 Sunday. There's, there's something that... A bicycle also, tube. Also applies to... I put new tires on my bicycle. But earlier in the week, four days ago, I went to ride my, my bike today. The tire was just flat. Uh-oh. And I'm... Motherfucker. Neighborhood kids. No, no, I wasn't. <laughs> Your ex-wife. I changed it in my basement where I had been filing some aluminum earlier. <sighs> and I found one tiny piece... Of aluminum, like, smaller than a piece of glitter. They call that shit fod, man. It, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because so, the Chinese that gives Air Force Chinese tubes now are like a micron thing. Well, <laughs> this was an older an tube that was, you know, in, it's been in the bike since day one. Yeah, and the the tires were loose going on the rim. I didn't even use spoons to put them on. I put them on with my hands. Bicycle yeah. tires are normally not too hard to change. Right, these were not like super high pressure or anything, yeah. but. Because we're talking about rim locks, we're talking yeah. about tubes, we're talking about tire pressures. Cleanliness is yeah. next to godliness when you're changing your tires. Just make sure everything's super clean. It is worth, Make sure your environment is yeah, clean. Yeah, it's worth bleeding from your finger to run your fingers, run your hand inside the tube or the inside the tire. <laughs> Give that thing a good sweep because usually if you pulled a dead tube out of it something made it dead yep. puncture yep. this tire this hole in the tube was so small that with soap and everything i could not find it and then i finally More put air it, into it yeah. i i blew it up i put it into the slop sink i held yeah. it underwater mm-hmm. there was the absolute tiniest Gosh, little trail man. of bubbles coming mm-hmm. out of that tube it still strikes mm-hmm. me that we are running inner tubes in mm-hmm. 2018 Mm. In everything, mm. like the fact that there's that the, that the whole planet in bicycles and motocross bikes and everything else that we haven't just gone to some sort of a moose foam based mm-hmm. system. They have a mosaic tire that we use for like uh, loaders and everything. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, the it's open tire. Yeah, it's mosaic. Yeah, and it's BMW talks for, about doing these for their cars. Yeah, it's rated for yeah. the weight of the vehicle. Plus, so we put it on a. It's the stuff. They work really well. I mean, they wear like steel, and, right? And then the the outer shell is is that thick. Yeah. So and I, don't I mean, know BMW is, has tested on cars a tire that has no air chamber at all, <clears throat> and from the side is simply a trellis work of. I think that's what plastic you're talking about, and right? Mosaic. Yeah, ours is, yeah, ours yeah. Are, there's no air. Ours, there's no air. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all air. But ours are like, <laughs> yeah, like they're like run. There's nothing under there's pressure. Nothing in, so, not under pressure. so they're just sprung tires. Seven. Yeah, it's yeah. literally just a web that goes out from a hub, uh, and it goes out to a tread surface that's a given, a decided upon, agreed upon thickness. Does it have any give at all? Yes. Okay. Oh, it's fantastic. No, it's like a regular radial. Yeah. But it's, but because of the way the the elastomer, it's like a crossed mm-hmm. elastomer. It's not so holding the car up. It's suspending it. It's the I, yeah. you know what I mean. Right. It's kind of like spokes because it's way. going because they're spokes basically spokes of you know rubber plane or rubber mm-hmm. panes or whatever. But yeah, it's really interesting. I was watching some testing on it on and BMW in particular is putting a lot of energy into this these airless tires. And I was like, my God, why haven't we done this in the motorcycle industry yet? Because it is 
you have a catastrophic failure in a tire on an 18-wheeler. Mm-hmm. You basically just put a gator on the road that somebody else is going to run over. It's a giant pain in the ass for everybody, but nobody dies. Right? You have a catastrophic blowout on your GS650 or GS450. A front tire blowout with an inner tube, is a, a, it, it could be it. That could be it. It could be the last thing you've ever done in your life. And but it's fun. Yeah, yeah well, I... For a minute. Well, I've happened, like, strangely enough, I had a front tire blowout on a spoked uh, Suzuki 450 twin at about 65 miles an hour. Jeez. And it was a full-on fucking rodeo. Hmm. I mean, it was like 15 seconds of the most <clears throat> harrowing thing that has ever happened in my life. And the bike had the courtesy to not lay down until we got to about 6 miles an hour. But up and the whole thing getting to six miles an hour, from 65 or 75 miles an hour down to six miles per hour, it was everything. Every part of me went every direction it could go. The handlebars went lock to lock as much as they could go. Anything that I did, I didn't touch the front brakes. I, I eased into the rear brake. I lowered my center of gravity. I did everything that I was trained to do and didn't even think about doing it because it's just that's what your body does. You know there's something wrong with the front end, so you don't touch the front brakes. You just mm. get your ass low, and you breathe on the rear brake. And you pull the clutch in, and you just start thinking about bad decisions you made in your life. <laughs> and how much you're going to pay for them. <laughs> and after full tank slapper lock to lock, eventually got the bike down to that side of the road. And as soon as I hit the side of the road and hit that gravel at the edge of the pavement, gonna... the bike just was like, I've got you this far, pal. It's on you now. And the bike laid down, and I tumbled off. Fucking A. That is it. Then you changed your diaper and went on your way. (laughs) There was was nothing. I mean, I smoked a pack of cigarettes. Mm. I mean, I got my shit together. I picked the bike up. I set it there, and I just sat down, and I just shook. Because that's some shit. And that's Mm. a front tire blowout. That was purely because the rim and the tube were out of alignment. And where the, the nipple is on the tube, or the air inflator valve is on the tube, it sheared. It, it ripped. It just ripped right there. And it was probably a six- or seven-year-old tire. Don't go pushing your bikes around with low, flat tires. Oh, that probably actually was probably what did it. Yeah. And especially yeah. now with yeah. the temperatures dropping, you should check. You should reinflate yeah. your tires to the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, reinflate yeah. before storage is if always a good idea. If you go on your tires, if the bike's been sitting for a while, yeah. put air in the tires before you roll it around. Because and this was a used it'll bike. It'll have a tendency to roll, roll, the, mm-hmm. roll yeah. the tube. The tires looked great. It was a used bike. I had no reason to believe the tires would fail me. But yeah, at about that speed, and this is a bike I'd been riding for almost a year prior to that. and never mm-hmm. let me down before. Everything was fine. But that was the point where it failed, where the nipple went into the actual tube itself, lucky, where the valve went in. Luckily, your old tires are like rocks, so even if you lost the tube, they probably wouldn't deflate. <laughs> and you got the three wheels, too, right? Yeah. 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 So anybody got anything else? I got one. Yeah, fire away, quick, quick, stupid thing that I, I, I've done for years and never even thought of, but my son had a little experience with his Trail 90, mm-hmm. and it, it mm-hmm. pertains kind of. Tire was going low, so he thought he'd put some air in it. Right. He put some air in it, and from that point forward, it leaked a lot. Like Fast. It, it went down overnight. Mm-hmm. When you go to put air in a tire, especially if you're running without a valve stub cap, but even with a valve stub cap, yeah. just 
pop the pop the cord mm -hmm. just one time, a little bit, yeah, because it'll clear anything that's yeah. accumulated in there yeah. in that trader yeah. valve. It'll push it out. Yep. That's exactly Before what I thought air happened to my bicycle. Because uh, yeah. I aired that bicycle well, tire up. It was good for yeah. two days, but on four days it was... Yeah. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Mm. But John, that bike that I sold you was so clean, there could never have been any mud in the well, in the, the Schrader valve. You met my son. This is a pattern here with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John Michael versus bikes and the trouble they'll get into. <laughs> it was fine when I had it, motherfucker. <laughs> I rode it all over the place. All right, and remember, about. guys, with that, please drive fast and take chances. We really need theme music.